This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release this week. We're uh, we're having a strike. There's no show. I thought uh, you were going to say we were having a sausage party. As we watch Spine 275 in the Criterion Collection, you scab, RJ. You, you fucking cross the oh, line. Jean-Luc Godard and Jean-Pierre Gorin's Tau va bien from 1972. But first, RJ, mm-hmm. how is life under the polar vortex? Well, I feel like the... Can you hear that? Ev- Do you feel the cold? Well, see, this isn't... I, it's chilly. I, I've been expecting this, Jared. I've been telling everyone I know, and someone even said to me, they're like, you said this two weeks ago. I was like, yeah, I know. February. February. The reckoning. The reckoning. Uh, January used to be the worst, but now we have a really nice little, we have a deceiving, deceivingly mild January here. Where I think there's a couple days I was just walking around with like a windbreaker on. Mm -hmm. Like not even a full coat. Oh, it was like 13, 14 degrees. Uh Uh-huh. Like, like what, two weeks ago? And it's just like living life to the fullest. That's what we do now, man. So January is really nice. And then February comes and really bops you right in the rear, you know? Hammers you. Really hammers you right in the rear end there, the rear admiral. <laughs> the hole. Well, Jarrett. Uh, but yeah, so what? What's it? What is it? Uh, this week, what was the lowest we got? Minus thirty six. Oh yeah, I think so. Overnight. I think. I don't think it got past minus forty, but it's been pretty close. Wind chill. Uh, our car in a garage uh, wouldn't start. That's how cold it was. No kidding. Yeah, so I had to, which was surprising. It was the nice, it was the new car wouldn't start. So I had to use the old car, the one that the window fell out of, to uh, boost it and uh, charge up the battery for a while. Right. Which was weird. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. But this is what I'm telling you, man. So Februarys are super ass cold now. March, we're going to get hit with a pile of snow oh, because that's what so we, yeah. that's what's been happening. And then, uh, and then in a week, it'll go to 30 above summer. Because mm-hmm. spring and fall don't exist anymore. Yeah. Climate change is done away with that. It's just summer right. and winter. Yes, we've yeah. we've solved it. Yeah, we fixed it. Uh, we just we're like, hey, no problem. Let's just take these two seasons out. The oh. two best seasons, some mm-hmm. would argue. Uh, I know I would. And uh, Bill, um, what was his name? Not Bill Gates. They they never want you to wear a light jacket again. I know, and it's horseshit because it's the best jacket. It's the best weather. Bob, mm-hmm. or not Bob Dole, Al Gore. Al Gore was right. Bob Dole. What are you watching? Your uh, King of the Hills over there? I'm not, but I know you are, and I'm excited to hear about that. Mm-hmm. Very excited. There's so much. To, yeah, there's a lot of talk about Bob Dole, and you have to remember, they hear like, oh yeah, this is like 1997. Mm-hmm. Well, even. Uh, even Futurama has a lot of Bob Dole talk as well. And Simpsons has a lot of Bob Dole talk. Mm-hmm. He was a popular dude. He was hip with the kids, I guess. He did run for president. He did? He did? Uh, did you... Uh... What was I going to say? Has the cold affected you in some way? No. In a pers- strong personal no. level? Well, I mean, yes, but no, not really at all. But uh, today would have been... A, a glorious return to my taco time walk. Right. Um, as uh, our our great province has 
uh, opened back up for business some mm-hmm. some uh, parts of uh, yep. uh, the economy, the restaurant economy that is very important to me. Oh yes. Um, so today would have been the first day I would have been able to walk over to Taco Time, dine in, mm-hmm. uh, and buy in some uh, some hot sauce. As uh, some people know, I'm a fan. And, Do you uh, think the pump would have been operational? No, fuck no. Oh, I, mm. I don't know if the pump's ever coming back. I mean, COVID, I think, is definitely changing the way we eat tacos at Taco Time. And, and, Do you think- and sauces. and I think all, like, syrups, ketchups, sauces, like... The mass use of bottles, anything communal, that's yeah. all That's all out the window. We're all going to be personalized. Well, that's what you said last week, right? Like you, yeah. the little ketchup caddy. Duh, yeah, the caddy. Ro- rolled up forks and uh, knives and napkins that, mm-hmm. like, if people don't use it, like, they pull it out. You know, maybe they'll, like, touch the fork yeah. with their finger a little bit and then put it back. And, you know, that, that, uh, let, let that you waitress. Deal, let, let you deal with it. Yeah, she's like, well, it looks good. It's still wrapped up. We're just going to put it at the next table horrifying mm-hmm. <laughs> the reality horrifying. The, the world that we were living in all this time and we were always like why am i sick all the time and then after a lockdown why is there no cases of the flu <laughs> it's like well turns out uh social distancing and masks uh can can work pretty well but covid prevails yeah. hey you know well, what's, I for you, one, you, you welcome know what, this you, new germ you, you know what's fun is uh i just was like looking what? at the calendar and i was like huh this uh this variant that we got now in the province, um, mm-hmm. we had we had no cases sixteen days ago, and then we had one, and now we've had like a hundred and twenty, and this is while we've been still locked down till Monday. How's that make you feel, buddy? Well, I think. Are you deeply like concerned? Time to open. Are are, up. are you are you deeply concerned? I like, like Earl's Earl's, Earl's restaurant was deeply concerned. But they'll take your money. How Don't... many people did they have jammed in that Edmonton rolls? Like forty or fifty? I like... think I think ten, RJ. Ten, ten, ten people. Oh, all I saw was Earls was trending, and I was like, "What did Earls do now?" And I saw like gathering in Earls, and I was like, "I thought, isn't that what restaurants are? Isn't that what Alberta wanted?" Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Allegedly. You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've also I've always thought like I think eleven. 11- Seven months ago, we should have been locked down until now. Then maybe we would have got this under control, but mm-hmm. it's, it's way too late for that. <laughs> you know, don't you think if we had like a three month hard lockdown from the start, things would have been a little bit better? <sighs> Perhaps. <laughs> I don't know that it's Monday morning quarterbacking, but uh, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know, man. Maybe oh. we should have trusted uh, the scientists. Speaking of Monday morning quarterbacking, how how was your Super Bowl Sunday, RJ? Yeah, did you uh, did you host your annual Super Bowl party? <laughs> you know it. With all that, with that one. Uh, so Jarrett usually the way he does this is he doesn't have a, like a ton of snacks like some people. He's just got one. He's got spinach dip that he makes, but it's like you make it in the kiddie pool, right? And everyone brings their own bread and just dunks in, dunks yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. So it went off. Or, or they, they just use their their whole hand and just scoop it out and just shovel it in. Well, yeah. Once the bread's gone, you gotta. F- Get oh, get the dip out somehow. Yeah. Cut out the middleman. Who needs bread? You want that? You want that dip? Yeah, bread's just a vehicle for dip. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, did you watch the game? No, oh. <laughs> I was too busy with my uh, kiddie pool full of dip. Oh, I see. Uh, well, I did watch the game, and uh, it's pretty lame. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I did. Uh, I think I at some point checked in, probably approximately was halftime, and uh-huh. uh, I saw the score. I went ah, and then that was the end. But I guess there's been years where it's uh, turned around in the second half, and it turned. It gets it has exciting. It has, and I mean, in games with Brady himself, where they've been yes. down by that much, and they've come yeah. back. Yeah. Now, see, I don't, I don't really like Tom Brady, and uh, I know a lot of people are really hot on Tom Brady, and it's like, I mean, yeah, I know, I know he's won a lot of games, but as I said, he also cheated. So, um, but I'm kind of just, I'm kind of just tired of it. You ever just get tired of it? It's like enough of this guy. I, I, I can't actually get tired of it because I don't pay attention. Because you don't pay attention. No. Mm. I mean, that's one strategy you can yeah, do. There is that one. That's uh, pretty good. That's, it's, it served me well. It definitely did not, or went, didn't go the way I thought it would go. But uh, there were a lot of things against Kansas City in that one. So what are you going to do? But yeah, it was kind of boring. Andrea watched a little bit and she was like, this sucks. She's like, football <laughs> sucks. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I was like, I mean, that's just like your opinion, man, <laughs> is what I hit her with. And then mm-hmm. uh, she left for good. Good. And uh, I don't know if she's ever coming back. Thanks, Tom Brady. Thanks, Tom Brady. I was going to. I'm just not as sharp as I used to be. The days days are getting longer and longer, Jarrett. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very nice. Uh, Did you have any any money on the game? No. I used to dabble with stuff like that, but uh, I don't pay attention to it as much anymore, so it's hard for me to actually try. I mean, I could have could have done that but i don't know who i would have done it with because i feel like most of the people that i still uh talk to regularly i don't think anyone really gave a shit about this game you know what i mean right so yeah it was a little bit boring jer a little bit boring mm-hmm. but we made a pot roast that was pretty fun Ooh. was it you know football shaped uh eventually it was yeah but you know how that's like the number one uh, football super bowl dish is a pot roast I didn't know that, RJ. You do now, though, yeah, right? I, I learn something every day. Yeah, yeah, it's pot roast, pot roast, uh, pot roast. We got a pizza on Friday, so uh, we kind of blew it. And I was like, we could have saved it for Sunday, but Friday was when it started getting snowy and cold here, and uh, mm-hmm. we were kind of like, fuck it, let's just <laughs> let's make someone else bring us food. That's you know right. what I mean? That's right. And make their lives miserable. Well, I mean, it's their job. We're just supporting them. This is the economy. Yeah, but man, we're we're getting pretty sick of pizza, <laughs> you know, because we. It's like, what else do we get? We're not going to restaurants. Yeah, but we're we're trying to make new stuff. It's just it's hard. Like, uh, is it? Lots well, of I mean, stuff. we make we do make lots of stuff all the time, but uh, I don't know. I feel like um, Andrew just always wants something new, and it's just like, well, we're we're always trying to keep it keep it fresh, and sometimes you just run out of ideas. You, you dabbling into that? Have you been doing any uh, Chinese food style cooking for yourself? We we did. Uh, we have made a few things. Uh, fried rice, I've gotten pretty decent at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I mentioned Andrew tried making ginger beef, and we got the I I bought the wrong kind of beef, so it didn't mm-hmm. turn out as well. But uh, sure. Yeah, I don't know. No, we're uh, we're dabbling. We're dabbling. It's just uh, we haven't found a, a real sweet meal that's really hit the spot yet, Jared. You know. Mm, well, if you're ever looking for recommendations, I'm not. Okay. I uh, do you know any food podcasts I could listen to? You know, I really don't. I really okay. don't. Though I did. Uh, I forgot to mention this last week. Uh-huh. I, I, I believe uh, on YouTube randomly uh-huh. I got a, like a, a recommendation. 
out of nowhere. Like you specifically did? Well, on my my you know you don't get channel recommendations. Do you, do you, oh, sp- do you I spend do. much time yeah. on YouTube on your? Not really. Okay, but, but I, I do. do. But but yeah. mostly it's like painting miniatures is uh and uh the the marketplace for like Magic the Gathering, video games, yeah. speed runs, and mm-hmm. uh, documentaries of the sort. Well, this this one thing popped up. Uh, from a, a man called the Wolf's Den, and you're like, "Whoa, okay. what's this about?" And it's like, "Well, this is about a guy, an American mm-hmm. man, who figures out very cheap um, and okayish food you can make yourself on a budget mm-hmm. for 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 the struggling family. That's like, hey, I've only got like, you know, eight bucks, and I got to feed a family of four, and I want to make something uh, substantial. That that kind of thing. And I was like, I found that interesting, so I was kind of curious what sort of shortcuts." this guy uses to mm-hmm. make foods and it was like a kind of like an egg casserole pan scrambler type of deal okay yeah I, I do some scramblers from time to time yeah yeah so uh attempted that this weekend would do it differently would keep the mm. would keep the potatoes separate from the scramble if you will I see. Yeah. Well, see, it's a it's a tricky thing, right? Because if you got your taters and you got your uh, like meats or whatever, whatever. Else yeah, your your there. veggie meat egg concoction yeah. that you then would top with cheese, and then you pour the egg in. You're running a risk of some of that egg not cooking exactly kind of how you want it to. You know. Mm, yeah, you gotta let it scramble. You know what we've been doing lately? It's like so we'll we'll put the egg in and then we'll put anything else on top of the egg and then you like. You either take like a full wrap and put it on top or even like two slices of bread and then you flip it and then you can fold it in on itself and wrapped inside of your egg sandwich. You ever try that? I have not. Does it entice you? Vaguely. Mm. You know what Mm. does entice me, RJ? What's that? Our listeners' emails. So wait, you did not watch the Super Bowl? No. Did you eat any Super Bowl food at least to celebrate? No. Okay. I I had nothing to celebrate because I didn't watch it. Well, I mean, like you could. All I saw on my Twitter yeah. feed was people say, "Well, I, this is anticlimactic and this is boring," and then then people commenting about how Tom Brady actually isn't one of the greatest of all time, and you know, then they start. I don't know. It it's just. Ugh. I mean, I think it's undeniable. The dudes won eight fucking Super Bowls. Or seven, seven. Yeah. Like, it's just, I just, just like the guy. I think he's weird. That's all. <laughs> That's all. I don't know. It's it, just, I just know. like, I'm like, I don't know. I don't care. Sports. This sports thing. Sports. Well, and like do, also, do, 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 do. it's like, do we need sports at this time? You know what I mean? Well, whatever it was, 17 or 22,000 fans would say yes. Yeah. I feel like that was a mistake. Now, but. you know, it's America. America. It's land of the free man. That's true. What were you talking about? Emails. Oh, females? Uh, Jackson. Oh, well, we don't know. Hey, creeps, with an email yes. titled Convoys. Mm-hmm. Hope your weeks have been going well. Last week, I decided to take a crack at some of those coveted Jarrett Duncan five star films, and what was pleased by most of them, Sans Fairly Brothers. Oh, come on. Oh dear! Oh, oh dear, dear, dear! Oh my! Uh, Especially the power of nightmares. 
Yes. Ooh. I've since given up on defending Italians. <laughs> but, Good. Uh, okay. Uh, but I do want to retort the claim that I juked my 2020 film stats with short bracket structuralist films. I'll have you know that I yeah. broke that 1,000 film year with Strive even without the short films, which got me thinking, what are your guys' consideration on film length? I subscribe to the notion that 41 minutes is a feature just so I can still kind of juke the stats. <laughs> I also wanted to retract my criticism of uh, iOS movie intake. Lost uh, movie? Lost, iOS? I, lost, lost movie intake? I'm not sure. But, uh, as I've been hit with fatigue as of late, so paint on, Jarrett. Hmm. I'm not sure what he means. I f- we forget immediately. Well, I think lo- yeah, I think it lost movie intake or some of that. Oh, oh like that. I see what he means, I think. Like he's slowing down? I think. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that happens to all of us. I, I like... I don't hey. think either of us are really watching movies at the moment. God damn. I, yeah. Uh, give the excellent work, and here's the future dramatic readings of angry podcast reviews. Ooh. Man. Well, it's nice to hear from Actium Jackson Maximus himself. And uh, yeah. just before you say anything, what? I mean, if it's vloggable and letterboxed, it's a movie, even if it's a minute long. <laughs> even if it's a TV series. Uh... TV series. It could be an album, like a music you listened to once. It could be a cloud you saw. You know, if it if it's vloggable and letterboxed, it's cowabunga. Those those those, those like Maggie shorts on Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, cowabunga it is. Cowabunga. Uh, yeah, Power of Nightmares is great. Adam Curtis is great. People should check him out. I, I, I those are like highly rewatchable for me. Every time I watch them, I'm like, man, this guy's got some stuff figured out. I mean, I I don't think I've seen said film you got well you could that's a three short film or three documentaries i guess uh i don't i know you don't i know you don't i don't you don't i know you don't rj it's okay hyper normalization is really great everyone check it out check out century of the self all good um and dumb and dumber obviously is that a uh, brackage film yes yeah um absolutely <laughs> oh okay yeah. and is that one of his most experimental <sighs> Wouldn't that be like? I mean, he his work with Osmosis Jones. I feel like might be. Yeah, but that was mostly that's like that was big pharma mm. pushing that thing. Like he was he he was a work for hire on that one to yeah. to help sell drug medicine. Bill Murray's insides. Yeah, well, I mean, it was that. It was all about immune system stuff, but it was also about like pharmaceuticals. So it's it's like I'd be careful. Careful what you watch, man. Is this like is this watch. like the constant gardener? Uh, well, I don't know. Was he gardening the entire movie, or is it a bullshit title? Is this like Nurgle's garden? Who? Never mind. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I think that that forty-one plus feature thing is that an IMDb thing? I like that's what, or is it fifty minutes? I don't know. IMDb has a classification of what they consider feature length or not. Um, yeah. I, Depends. Depends. It, it does depend. Yeah, sure. Forty minutes sounds good. It's technically longer than what television shows on network would be, but mm. there'd be episodes of the of the Sopranos, RJ, that would constitute mini movies. I guess. Uh, I would be on board with that as well. If Gab- that's a thing. Gabagool. But- Gabagool. <laughs> if I could, if I could have logged every episode of that, I would have. But there, I've seen people like. Uh, 
you my new app my new grind to pick with you on this one jared oh fuck is uh I, i've noticed that wandavision is loggable on letterbox so <laughs> really there are people <laughs> who are logging it every week when the new episode oh, comes out. Oh, come on. So this see? is Cad. You this, see the issue? Well, you know what the thing is? Is like, is there uh-huh. is there a service, an app or whatever, like a letterbox for TV? Because it seems like that's what people want. Not that I know of. I want, hmm, see, there you go. There's, there's ideas just being handed out there. If it doesn't already exist, and I've just never heard of it. And if it does, mm-hmm. its penetration isn't very good because... Uh, we haven't heard of it. See, the issue then, though, you run into is like, is would you log Sopranos as a single series, or would you do this Episodes. thing one division people are doing, and you just log it over and See, over again? Yeah, it's stupid. You should do. Yep. I mean, yeah, that's silly. People, there should there should be a letterbox for TV. I'm looking it up. Maybe letterbox for TV is uh, what's that thing called? Grinder? Is that what it is? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Because you're grinding the TV shows, you're always watching uh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're doing. I get. Do you that. know what I mean? Yeah, it makes yeah. total absolute sense. Yeah, yeah. Is it Goodreads? Is that the letterbox for TV? <laughs> Goodreads. Oh, I prefer library things myself. Is that a different version of Good Things? Uh, Goodreads. Uh, yes, essentially. Oh, okay. I logged up for Goodreads like. I don't know, 10 years ago and I'm getting like updates. It's like someone, you know, read this book and it's like, how did, it's like, how did they find me? Apparently there's like, so there's one called tracked.tv, which I, which often comes up when I'm looking for films uh, to see how I can watch them online. Like, Mm -hmm. like just watch. And then it's like, Oh, Hey, it's on here. No, it's not. It's just like the file of it that you could log if you found it. Yeah. Well, even that just watch thing doesn't work half the time. Like, it'll yeah, say movies it's, it's on inaccurate. something. Yeah, and you'll go look and it's not there, and you're like, oh, good. I shows TV time, couchy. Couchy? Mm-hmm. What if you don't have a couch? What if you have a beanbag chair? Have you ever sat in a beanbag chair? Um, in my time, sure. The place I work, uh, one of the rooms has beanbag chairs, and uh, someone's like, have a seat. And I was like, there's nothing I would rather do uh, less in the world than sit in this beanbag chair that's been in this building for 10 years (laughs) and has had probably several hundreds, if not thousands, of different people farting right into that thing. Or mounting it. Doing all sorts of unimaginable stuff. So uh, (laughs) I I respectfully declined. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Rocking back and forth. Just letting them fly the whole time out. Mm-hmm. My, my, my. Next. So. Shane Gordon. Shane O'Mac. Oh, Shane O'Mac. Yeah, I, I know him. Do you think he watched the Royal Rumble? Let's find out. Okay. On the edge of our seats. Ooh. Edges in capitalization. I see, I see, I see. Hello, creeps. It's me, it's me, it's SMG. Ooh, what is it? Wait, what does that mean? Uh, I'm assuming Shane McMahon Gordon. Oh, see, that's good. I like yeah. that. How are things going for you in our fair city of Creepville? Well, uh, <laughs> cold. It's fucking cold. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, finally caught up on the podcast. Love and RJ's renewed interest in incels. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it never really went away. Yeah, it never, just, it never, that light never dimmed. It just settled. O- only thing I have to disagree with is labeling Buffy Summers as an incel. 
She got all the D she wanted. Wow. And never Did I call Buffy an incel? I don't know. You might have. I mean, I if he says I did, I probably yeah. did. I, I, yeah, I mean, he's listening. We're, we just, we have to talk. Yeah, um, okay, continue. <laughs> she got all the D she wanted yeah. and never really took yeah. a break from it. Angel, Parker, Riley, Spike, and then the Immortal. Who's the Immortal? I don't even remember. I was a Willow, a Willow Rosenberg stan, but admired Buffy's voracious appetite. Much <laughs> respect, girl. Which one was Willow? Uh... Allison Hannigan, the redhead. Oh, I've never really, like, I think Allison Hannigan seems like a nice person, but I found her unappealing to watch. It's like, she seems nice, but it's like, you're kind of a nerd. I don't want to, I don't want to watch you act. Do you know what I mean, Jarrett? Is that, hmm. But Um, I never watched Buffy. I watched Angel. Did you watch that other show she was on? How I I your, yeah, see? No, not really. Okay. I, mean, I never watched that show. I saw like an episode and I was like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I just know her from American Pie. That's, That's it. it. Yeah, there you go. But I did watch Angel and I did see uh, Joss Whedon's getting some more heat today, Jared, mm-hmm. from the Angel and Buffy crowd. Or well, from, the t- from, from like Twitter and humanity. What's, what's that lady? Charisma Carpenter? Carpenter? Yeah. 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 Sounds like a bad dude. I don't know. It's a feminist. Mm-hmm. Isn't that how it? Isn't that how it goes sometimes? Yes. Isn't that how it goes sometimes? Well, I mean, in the uh, Cassavetes documentary, they make a point of saying John's not a feminist; he's a humanist. Ooh. And I went, "Oh yeah, that one cuts deep." <laughs> you know what I mean? An egalitarian. Ooh, that's a that's a big word. Uh, I've heard I've heard them all, RJ. I've I've been on the internet for a while. For a while. I, I've worked at a university. I've heard it all. Yeah, well, I've I've been a, I've been out in public before, so teenagers have yelled all sorts of things yeah. at me. Sometimes, you know, you read message boards and like comment sections, and sometimes you think, you know, people might think I'm the first person to think this, and you're like, mm. you're probably wrong. Yeah, I uh, I've encountered that a few times too. I mean, if you spend even ten minutes on Reddit, you'll see the same idea be presented every three days, as if it's a a, a novel. <laughs> the same shitty, plot. the same shitty joke, over yeah, and over and over again. Over and over and over again. I like when it yeah. comes back six months later. And then, but one person, they'll they'll say, "I'm di- I'm dying." Yep, and they'll have a an emoticon face of crying from laughter. Have have you ever evolved at something you've read on the internet, Trick? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Re- but did you ever <laughs> feel impl- like? Did you ever comment? Literally dying. No, never. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm never ever. <laughs> mm. Okay. Um, okay. I I mean no, I don't know. No, I uh, I did. I, I got to share this. <laughs> I got to find it though, because uh, it's it's all about the the reading of the headline itself. I just have to. Okay. I have to find it though. Uh, kill time for me for a second, RJ. So Jarrett's looking on the internet allegedly, and Jarrett says that he's been on the internet for a while. Mm-hmm. Now I am going to put out a, an idea there. Maybe Jarrett was the first internet incel. Maybe you were the first one, Jarrett. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Am I using incel correctly? We'll leave that for. Uh discerning minds to 
contemplate. Thing. So our city's gonna open up swimming pools. You know canoe.com? <laughs> you know canoe? Uh no, I'm unfamiliar with it, that. It, one. It's a Canadian like news aggregate site. Like Babylon B? <sighs> no, it's not like the Christian Onion, no. This is like a real site for news headlines. However, okay. one one popped up. This is from May of last year. Uh, It might have slipped past. This is the headline as it reads that uh, a listener, friend of the show, Lawrence Kreisak, sent me uh, a few days ago. Mm -hmm. John Cena surprised his seven-year-old boy with cancer on his birthday. Like he gave the kid cancer? (laughs) That's what the headline says. Um, I thought John Cena was a good guy. (laughs) Me too. not a good guy? (laughs) Apparently he's a really bad guy. Where did he get it? How did wait? How did he synthesize cancer that he could just like give? Well, RJ, I mean, he has been learning and speak, learning how to speak fluent uh, Cantonese, I believe. John Cena knows Cantonese. Yeah, because he, he was becoming like the big, um, the big connection. They're tr- like WWE was trying to like get into the Chinese market because they're like, oh, okay. well, you know, you know, Vince McMahon will be like, well, you know, there's a there's a billion of them. If we only get 1% oh. of them to watch. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I see. Yeah, see. I see. That's that's I think... that's that's thinking. It's like, well, we're going to get John Cena. He's he's the, he's so big. He's they'll love him. And he, so he learned to speak it. He actually speaks it quite well uh, from all reports. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I I think Cantonese is pretty hard to learn. I think uh, yeah, I'm not sure if it's Cantonese or Mandarin. One of those two. I mean, di- I one think of the dialects. If you like, uh, Mand- if Mandarin, Mandarin, one. it is. I typed Mandarin? in. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's like regions. I think North is one and South is another one. Yeah. I can't remember which one's yeah. which, but I think that's how it's separated. Something like that. Yeah. Yes. That's tough. Good for him. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Except for the cancer thing. I don't know why he's giving kids cancer. So that's it's weird. Not nice. Not nice. I what s- were we talking about? Uh, Shane. Oh, right. Hey, hey, hey I brought up wrestling. And it's relevant here. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. I sent. No, a, I, yeah, I, I, sent I, I doubt it. I, I just forgot. Just so you know, I sent a trailer to Jarrett for a movie from our boy Glenn Danzig. Yes, he did. Oh. Rev- yeah. Revolver magazine wrote in 2019. Glenn, Glenn Danzig made his feature film directorial debut with the polarizing instant midnight movie classic Veronica. Now mm-hmm. he's back with his follow up, Death Rider in the House of Vampires, an ultra violent homage to it. Italian spaghetti westerns and seventies bloodsucker flicks. That has to has got to give you guys a royal rush of excitement. I know you are big Danzig fans. I mean the the elevator pitch of this movie sounds awesome. Have you did but, you uh, did you see the trailer, RJ? I didn't, but I have seen the other Danzig film, so you know. Mm-hmm. You know? I I <laughs> there'll always be a charm seeing uh Actors with uh, vampire teeth. Uh, and, yeah, and, I, I and when they have to, and they have to talk to their lines, and they're talking, <laughs> it's like they're talking like there's something in their mouth. They just, I don't know, I don't know what it is. Like those, those vampire teeth should be so natural to them being vampires. Think about the Buffy actors who had had to wear the face or the mm-hmm. headgear as well. Oh, yeah, the little yeah. Uh, Star Trek crest. Yeah, or like the Ferengis or the mm. the Klingons, like. Uh, Michael Dorf's a talented dude. He can he can talk through through all that makeup and those teeth. Michael Dorf, Michael Dorn. There you go. Michael Dorf. Yeah, I like I like him too. Whoever that might be. 
<laughs> well, he's Worf. Do you get it? I, I know. I know. I can, <laughs> I, can, I can imagine a fan like standing in front of a sign at a convention mm-hmm. that says Michael Dorf. He's like, oh, I love Michael Dorf. I love Michael Dorf. That's a good joke. I bet he would have laughed at that if he saw it in real life. Yeah, he, he'd humor the person. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. Like, I saw him one time mm-hmm. in real life. Do you know that? <laughs> he'd call you a special little guy. No, I didn't talk to him. He was uh, just in an ele- or he was in a hotel with Brent Spiner and uh, Lavar. Mm-hmm. You know Burton. Mm-hmm. He was there too. They're just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The trailer, for whatever reason, is like unnecessarily really widescreened. Beyond belief uh, on YouTube. It's very strange. Danzig. Exactly. Uh-huh. Danzig. Finally, I have to comment on the Royal Rumble. Okay. Edge winning from the number one spot is an incredible testament to the conditioning he has on this comeback. I am rooting for him as I loved watching him the first time around and wish for him uh, the end to his career he deserves instead of being cut short at the top like it was. Having friends in the business, I've seen all too many times how, like you said, one bump can end or damage a career. A friend of mine had hers cut short because of too many concussions in Stampede Wrestling and OVW. More famously, another of my acquaintances from from my kitchen days and watching Stampede Wrestling, Natalie Neidhart's husband, TJ Wilson, Tyson Kidd, had his career ended at a house show taking a muscle buster from Samoa Joe. He was primed to have a great tag title run with Cesaro, but was cut down in his prime. I feel like if he had had that tag run with Cesaro, he would have been cut down then because it doesn't... Or no, it's the other guy who injures people all the time, right? Seamus? Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, Cesaro did team up with Seamus. But um, wasn't that, no, that his was thing, like though? The, like, no. always, like, actually in uh, people? Yeah. I don't know. The whole, yeah. So, it's so long ago now. I'm rusty on the details. But, yes. Um, yeah, no, like, I, I think Edge is, like, a pretty great wrestler. I think he's, uh, I think he had one of the, the greatest, he was part of one of the best moments of, like, the 2000s wrestling era when uh Corey and i and brian were watching all the wwe pay-per-views in order um that was a highlight of when when uh edge cashed in on john cena i was like incredible storytelling and then they completely undid it the very next one because but because they have to give it to the guy who gives kids cancer but that's that's how vince thinks you know big picture i mean i can get on board with that big big Mm -hmm. picture yeah. Did did you see the thing I sent you on Twitter before we started? I no. It just popped up on my radar, and oh. just so you know, I'm still getting countless <laughs> recommendations uh, to follow like wrestlers on here, and I don't know why. I don't know why. Oh, but the one I sent you well, is well. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Van- talking about speaking about vampires and uh, uh-huh. Edge, it all comes together. It's like Danzig is in our heads. I mean, I feel like Danzig's in everybody's heads. Gangrel, yeah, Gangrel is kind of Danzig-esque. Like, oh, oh, yeah. How Danzig is now, anyway. A little puffy in the face. Uh, uh, thick. Oh, thick. Like chonk thick? Mm-hmm. I see. I uh, see. But, yeah. Uh, yes. It all takes some bumps. Yeah, TJ Wilson. Um, as uh, Him and Cesaro, they were pretty fucking awesome as a tag team. Uh, they were really, really good. And sadly, he will not wrestle again. Who's T.J. Wilson? Wrestler. Is he alive or did he die? No, he's he lived. He he could have died though. But is life worse than death in his case? No, no, he actually is able to like 
you know, so he's not like a quadriplegic or anything like that. He is uh, able-bodied, right. but he will not be cleared to wrestle because apparently mm. it's all those like those bridges that guys do when they're like doing that stuff, standing on their heads and like leaning oh, back, yeah. working those the neck muscles, the traps, I guess. Mm-hmm. All those insane um, heart family exercise regiments probably saved his life. Because he had all the all that muscle packed in there to keep his bones from sliding out of place after after breaking because of wrestling moves. Because it's fake. It's fake, RJ. I I mean the pageantry is fake, but the athleticism. Mm-hmm. Oh, the emo- on display and the emotion is real. Mm, I don't know about that, but the athleticism <laughs> is uh, unquestionable. <laughs> unquestionable, Jarrett. Un- questionable on a side note another uh-huh. alum from stampede wrestling was also in that famous three-man band stable besides rj's fantasy stud drew mcintyre that's right mm. and heath i got kids later ginger mahal made the calgary faithful proud it's true oh right i remember him don't hinder ginger wait 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 wait. was that his was that his like tagline that don't hinder ginger that was a sign a fan had that just took off because it's amazing huh that's pretty cool. It is. It's no. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I I fucking loved. It. I remember that sign. I thought it was hilarious, and so did everyone else who saw it. And it became, mm. uh, it became memey, memey. Wasn't uh, Jinder Mahal's thing like trying to build him up like he was right from India, but he was actually he's just from Calgary. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Was that Vince's idea? Well, you think? well, RJ. Uh, so. The WWE, they were trying to build uh, markets uh, larger into India. Do you know why? Oh, because they got, uh, they got a billion people, and uh, if we only get one percent, <laughs> are you detecting a theme here? I, I think I follow. I follow. Uh, when are you going to write a Vince McMahon biopic? Well, they are apparently uh, Netflix is going to do like a an actual like documentary series on him. Like so, a genuine one though, or yes, one that with he, him. Ah, uh, well, inevitably he will probably get a say sadly so mm. it's unfortunate but hey maybe maybe because he's like gotta be he's in his 70s now maybe he's all he's all wistful eyed you know talk more frankly about it but his his uh quite frankly his memory is horrible and he doesn't seem to think most things matter when he does talk about it so who knows who knows what we'll get but i'll be watching yeah well i mean he probably doesn't have long to live right how old is vince mcmahon I think 72 or 73, and his older brother just died, and he was 76 or 77. Was his older brother putting down as many steroids as Vince was? In his, uh, Probably not. Probably yeah. not. I imagine that'll uh, take a few years off, no? <sighs> the, the heart? Yeah. Well, well it got macho, he, man. He, he is a man afraid of death, so I'm sure that he uh, probably sees his doctor all the time. Mm. I would say potentially. Potentially. Is how I would handle that situation. No, I, I just want to see something that actually talks about the strange crossing overs and the parallels of Vince McMahon and one Donald Trump. Good friends. Good pals. Good as, close as, personal as, friends? As, as much as like those two types of individuals could be friends. Kind of like us? Yeah. Interesting. Anyhow, keep up the good work. You will be there. At, uh, you will be there at Spine One Thousand for the second crossing of the casts. RJ, keep it fresh. I mean, that's that that makes sense, right? That's when we should do it. No. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, we'll be watching, you know, sixteen Godzilla movies. 
I've seen them already, though. Does that yeah. count? Can I just wing it? Wing it? Yeah. Hey, we never talked about Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we're not going to get it next month whenever, when the rest of the world does. Well, we'll we have will, to wait six months probably, right? Uh, no, it'll be like Wonder Woman 84 where you can download it off of, like itunes or something of like that you can, you can rent it i think well yeah for extra money but i mean like all the hbo max people they mm-hmm. get it for free but i have crave and hbo and i don't get it for free so i'm no you know what i mean that kind of chaps my ass a little bit <sighs> there's like a, there's a line in the trailer too it's some real uh like you definitely see they've brought the the big screenwriters because something like mm-hmm. god godzilla's out there he's hurting people like oh, I like individuals. <laughs> certain people. Oh, I, like it's something like cancer. that. It's one of those things that if you were you and I were still able to go to theaters and we're sitting there and that trailer popped up and that line would come, I'd just start laughing. You'd be laughing. It'd be a, it'd be all we'd be, we'd be like really excited for it. This I, I, have you been, have you have you been following the Godzilla versus King Kong memes? I have. That's usually all I'm on board for, to be honest, is the memes. And I, I watched the trailer, but with the sound off because I'm kind of an animal uh, like that. And I was like, I, I do like the memes. And I, I have been seeing a lot of it is Virgin Kong versus the Chad Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, and I mean, like, I think there's a point there because in the trailer, it's like if they were able to tranquilize uh, King Kong to get him over to like New York or wherever he's coming, it's like, they couldn't even touch Godzilla, you know. But I mean, we know how these team ups work, right? I think my favorite meme was uh, did you see the Mothra one when they were fighting? And then no. uh, King Kong's like, you have to save Mothra. And uh, Godzilla's like, why did you say that name? It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean here? Yeah. How about, oh, yeah. I mean, that, that, we could talk about that in the news, perhaps. I don't know. You might have, okay. some, you might have some thoughts. I might. I might. Last thing, just since you're a Godzilla man like me, what do you think the greater threat will be that they have to team up for? Because, I mean, they've already done Ghidra. Yeah. So, like, do you think it would be Mecha Godzilla? Well, I mean, why would you have to destroy that? I mean, that's just going to be run by dudes, right? Well, because of AI. Unless it's aliens. Because that's, that's a yeah. trope. They could bring Gigan. In. What, 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 cool. what, what is Adam Wingard bringing to the table? Because he's making this, Nothing. isn't he? He's yeah. he's directing this sadly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but he he doesn't bring anything to of value. I don't believe. I feel well. That's like a that this is a case of just like with like the any of like these big blockbusters that bring in like small director types. It's like, hey, you're going to tell us when to cut. We're going to make the movie around you, and you're going yep. to sit in the chair, and you're going to be there for like the like the promotion. And and then uh, we'll we'll keep you in the back pocket if we ever need to do it again. If it makes right? money, you can take credit for it. And if it fails, we'll 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 blame you, one way or another. We'll mm. win. But then you can always be like, "Well, I made this," and it'll open up gateways to other like forgettable blockbusters. It's yeah. fan- fantastic. Yeah. Okay. I mean, forgettable. I don't know, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. What were you saying? Well. Uh... We have an email, RJ. Oh, we're still doing that? We're still two to go. Oh, yep. Samuel Loveland. Slam Love Machine? Mm-hmm. Some responses. Mm-hmm. 
Hello, creeps. Mm. I meant to email in last week, but I ended up forgetting to. I should really set reminders for that sort of thing. Two mm. weeks ago, because you guys dropped the secret no emails episode, you two discussed what the strangest movie you've watched in class was. While I'm unsure about my own answer, I'd probably have to go with Baraka, which for those who don't know is basically mm. the same thing as Koyanos Quatsi. Uh, apparently, mm-hmm. back in high school, my dad watched the Tom Cruise movie Risky Business in a business and marketing class he took. That's kind of funny. I like that. Not sure why you would show that movie to a group of teenagers, but I guess that's <laughs> why I'm not a teacher. I uh, I mean, there's some questionable things that happen, right? Like, questionable. On that note, I also mm-hmm. watched The Mission in fact, in the same oh, class yeah. that I watched Baraka yeah. in. And while I guess I liked it, I remember thinking it was weird that this movie shows how bad and evil colonization is. But mm-hmm. then Robert De Niro was somehow a good colonizer. I don't remember the context we've watched it in other than that. See, that's another one. That's same with me. I watched the mission in uh, those good old Catholic schools too. Mm-hmm. What was the intent? I don't know. Maybe to kill an hour or two? Like of time? Well, teachers got to do some grading. That's true, man. That's true. You, yeah, and you don't get paid overtime. Let me tell you that much. No. Yeah. Um, Samuel continues. Oh, I, yes. I've also got to say that this Sam number one versus Sam number two thing has got to stop. What started out as a throwaway little joke in an email has spiraled into something much worse. I meant no disrespect to Sam Sanchez, who is very clearly Sam number one of Creeps Nation. This putting what? down of Mr. Sanchez cannot continue, and I am kept awake at night with the thoughts of the sheer evil I've inflicted on Sam and his family. While yep. obviously once it's out there, I no longer have control of it, I implore that this senseless Sam-on-Sam conflict end. At 555,046 of us Sams living in the U.S. have got to stick oh, together. Wow. Uh, I decline. Thank you for your time. Sam, love machine. Slam, love machine. Sam number two, Loveland. He defers. Uh, he defers. No, I decline. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to keep this up for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The door yeah. has been opened and it can't be closed. RJ, like most on the internet is going to beat it to the ground, folks. Beat oh yeah. It, beat it to the ground. Yeah. I'm going to put this, uh, I'm going to put this out on the criterion creeps subreddit, uh, once a week probably mm-hmm. yeah see Problem. see this is like folks it's like it's just like hey rj don't say something oh yeah i'm gonna say it twice i'm gonna say it twice but hey i'm i'm protected this is a character i play for the podcast mm-hmm. don't forget that's right don't forget and finally coming in under the wire justin <gasps> peterson writes oh baby oh shit time to write to the creeps hey oh, jared and rj yeah. What's happening? I must say this is the latest I have ever realized that I have not written into the show. So let's Mm -hmm. see what I can cram together last minute. Let's. RJ already knows this, but I have my 3,000th movie coming up. And I put a little poll up on the letterbox for people to vote on what I should watch. Of course, RJ, being the cheeky guy he is, decided to go off ballot and recommend Sister Act 2, which I, of course, have already seen. So JD, here is the link. No, that's I, I, that wasn't Would being cheeky. Would you be so kind as to vote? There, yeah, there yeah. you go. Well, see, I mean, I don't know if you should put so much, uh, you know, weight into this decision, Justin, because any at any time, Letterbox might just snatch your movies away and say you didn't yep. see them. Yeah, and uh, he'll get up to like three thousand and ten, and then uh, he'll look another day, and it'll be back to two. 
like two nine nine nine. I guess. Just out of nowhere. Let's see here. How how is this going? What the fuck? Why? All these people saying Cleo. Come on. Cleo five to seven. Go. I mean, I don't know. I mean, neither of us thought too much about that that particular film. Well, you. I think fell a little more strongly about it than me in the negative column, but I didn't like either of those movies. I know. I don't want to see a homeless lady manipulate people and try to try to take and take. <laughs> Get a job, you bum. How about <laughs> I don't know, I'm not seeing a lot of El Topo love. What the hell? Maybe uh people are cooling on uh Yodorowsky. I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I would say go with your heart, but, uh, for me, I think a man escapes, I think it's the best movie on this top of this 10. I'd say a man escapes the best. Um, but I would say go with Maltese Falcon or El Topo. Uh, you and apps, and I don't think, and, and not a single person here. I don't think it said Maltese Falcon. Oh, there you go. There's at least one, but it's not getting the love. I mean, if he wants to really throw people off, he could watch one of these two-minute movies. Put make put WandaVision as your 3,000th movie. <laughs> That'll be good. That's right. Right? So that's, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to actually vote, vote, but uh, I'll, 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 I'll put some love for El Topo. Goat movie question of the week. Not sure if the age-old debate about Evil Dead 2 versus Army of Darkness has ever come up on the show. So what are your favorite Bruce Campbell movies? I am definitely an Evil Dead 2 kind of guy, but I should give Army of Darkness another shot. Plus, there are those Spider-Man cameos. I am an the Evil Dead fan. You are? Yep. I think that's yeah. I, I think that I like that one the most. I know that that's probably the cuz it's kind of gets remade as Evil Dead 2. I used to love Evil mm-hmm. Dead 2 more, but when I re- did a rewatch, I was like, man, uh in proper aspect ratio full screen uh, evil, the Evil Dead, I think, is pretty great. I uh, I know what you're saying here. Um, I think my I I haven't watched either of those in a while, so I don't really want to chime in on the Evil Dead thing because yep. my Evil Dead opinion is similar to my Bill Paxton opinion mm-hmm. in a way. But I I know they are beloved films, so it's been a while. I can't uh, I can't comment. Uh, what about Congo for a favorite Bruce Campbell film? It's not bad, eh? Not too bad. What not about too, actually? What about Bubba Hotep, RJ? Uh, I think Bubba Hotep is fine. I can't remember. What did I? Was I still rate? No, I don't have a rating for it because I don't rate movies anymore. God damn it! He's in so much like stuff. stuff. He he's the bus driver on Sky High. I think that's a good film. You ever seen Sky High? He's always he's always these cameos that throw it all off. God damn. Yeah. I have a friend who has a picture with Bruce Campbell. That's possibly my favorite appearance of his. Okay. It was a pretty good picture. It was very fun. I saw him uh, give a talk in Calgary once. He seems like a smart, uh, funny guy, Bruce Campbell. Really? Yeah, he seemed like a nice guy. That sounds very controversial. (laughs) I don't know about you guys, but he seemed like a decent guy. I'm going to go with Serving Sarah, the Matthew Perry hit from 2002, which... I was going to throw that one out there. It's like, what about Serving Sarah, RJ? Well, I don't know if you know this, Jared, but I have seen this film. Yeah. Uh, now, was, did this belong to any of your, like, 
uh, old lives collections, like guy in the track pants, grandma. Uh, it's not a hitch film or a grandma film. This might be a, uh, this might be a mom picks. I think my mom <laughs> rented this bad boy in a rented. Day. Right. Yes. Moms only yep. rent. They don't, they don't buy. Yeah. No, no, not buy, no. not buy, but I'm pretty sure she rented this bad boy, uh, from, uh, the, it wasn't a blockbuster at first. It was called like video something. Fuck, what was it? It was right by, do you remember Robin's Donuts? Yeah. It was, there was a video place right beside there. Fuck, what was it called? What was it called? It's called video something. Hmm. Damn. I don't think I, I don't ever stepped foot in that store. The uh, the video store? No, never that Eventually one. it did become a blockbuster and then it was nothing. But uh, yeah, Serving Sarah, that's my answer. Hmm. Good film. Foodie question of the week. Mm-hmm. What are your favorite condiments? <laughs> are there certain ones you refuse to eat on certain food? Oh, Some yeah. of my faves are Arby's horsey sauce, sriracha, tartar sauce, and of course, spicy mustard. I only touch mayo if it is on a Chick-fil-A sandwich. I was a big ranch guy before starting my diet, so now I only put olive oil on my frequent salads. Well, I know you're the the sauce man. Other than Taco Time yeah. hot sauce, mm-hmm. what would uh, what would your other go to be? I mean, when you're eating fries, it's mm-hmm. all it's all about that ketchup. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty basic. Um, hmm. Definitely, one thing that I do not really eat at all is relish. Okay. I don't. I'm not. I mean, I get what I relish. I don't. I don't know what relish is, but I just don't like the form of it. I don't like the texture it adds to a to a burger or to a, a hot dog. Right. You know what? You know where relish was really good. Did you ever get a whistle dog from A and W before they no discontinued whistle never. dogs? I, I never had a a uh, skin flute, as some might call them. <laughs> Did you do you do you know the whistle dog though? Like, have you did you ever see other people eating the whistle dog? Nope, no, I haven't. So RJ. A, it was a hot dog. No, I, I don't know if anyone ever. I didn't know actually people ate the the whistle dog. Uh, oh, at I was a frequent wow. whistle dogger. It, it's kind of like getting chicken sandwiches at A and W because it's clear that they don't make them very often because it takes like ten full minutes to get it compared to everything oh, else because yeah. they got to cook that chicken all the way through. Despite oh, yes. other restaurants can cook chicken really quickly yep well whenever i get go to bk to have it my way and i get uh chicken tender crisp it's always like can you pull around in front oh, we'll bring it out it's because yeah. you know they're not making oh they make those, them, those they make them to order yeah. yeah so the whistle dog jar it was a hoagie bun and they took a big hot dog and they sliced it in half and laid it out flat yeah and relish on the bottom and then it was bacon yeah. cheese and it was like that it was pretty good but they don't sell them anymore, and no. A&W is anti-vax now, so, I mean, that's a whole other story, but <laughs> but the whistle dog was good. Anti-vax for the cows. They are, they are the anti-vax of the fast food world. Some of the stuff they say doesn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, no hormones, like, no added hormones to the beef. It's like, but it's I, like, what do you mean? I, it's like, I, we're not. I am more upset at their lack of ice cubes in their root beer. Yeah, they don't do ice cubes. And they're paper straws. Paper straws, yeah. That's um, that's, that's the egregious stuff for me. Yeah, there's there's a lot. You got to read that fine print, buddy. You got to read the fine print. Not everyone is as, uh, as sacred as Arby's and Burger King, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> well, what about uh, Wendy's? 
Wendy's is good, but I always I find um I mean Wendy's fries are always disappointing. Wendy's is not disagree. Fries. Disagree. I, see, I I've never been a big fan of Wendy's fries because they they never used to salt them. You always had to salt them yourself, which some people liked because they're like oh, I can add my own salt. Hmm. And if you don't. If you're if you question me on it, just look it up because Wendy's used to come with the salt and pepper pack in all their takeout because yeah. they never salted their fries. But, but now they do. I think they do now. Well, do. and now you, you still so you still have a problem with them? No, well, I just think I mean compared to the other big fries, I feel like they are like what McDonald's uh, fries? Come on, uh, McDonald's the, the, the shoestring crap. They're terrible are, too. McDonald's, Arby's, uh, even Burger King fries have their place in the world, but. Uh, mm. You know what? You know places place good fries. It's like anywhere that you can get battered fries. Ooh, yeah, battered fries is great. Uh, KFC has okay fries. They're like peppered. I'd, I'd hope so. And yep. and gravy. Yeah, KFC. Well, I mean, you you were making that gravy for a long time, weren't you? I was making that gravy, and you know what, RJ? I mm-hmm. uh, I imbibed in some of that uh, that gravy recently, and uh, it is it is now I think all fucking powder. And it's all made uh-huh. like, yeah, it's not real gravy. From, yeah, they like, don't from scrape the, the fat the, anymore. From, yeah, no, no, with my uh, fucking scraping <laughs> tool, clean out the grill grids, and it all collects at the bottom. And you save yeah. that, and you pour oh, yeah. it in, you slop it in, you heat it up. Oh, good, mm-hmm. st- good stuff. People kicking down the doors. I think the problem there though is that uh, it was inconsistent, and mm-hmm. so you'd get variance, and that is one thing that fast food is not about is variance in their product. So eventually, you know, they have now swapped completely to instant gravy, whatever the fuck they call it, would do with it now. And it, uh, yeah. yeah, it is very bland. It doesn't have the that same. Flavor. I've noticed it doesn't taste the same. That's why the last time I had it, yeah. it doesn't taste the same. Yeah, I doubt it has the. Uh, I don't know if it's just like straight up. It doesn't have that fat in it. Or if it's like just powder, <laughs> like they just add water to the mix and then maybe, I don't know, or butter or something like that. There's got to be something because it is fairly thick still. Mm-hmm. There's a, the consistency is okay, but yeah, the flavor is not there. And it's a big I, bummer. But I agree. they probably had too many occasions that where people would come in and say at like eight o'clock at night and they want their, uh, you know, their 30 piece and their uh, couple of tubs of gravy to go along with their fries. And they're, oh, sorry, we're all out of gravy. And they go, person goes, well, fuck you. And they walk right out. I mean, that's a reasonable reaction, no? That's what I'd be saying. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Gravy or bust. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I'm kind of with you in some of these condiment areas. Uh, I do. I'm a big fan of Arby's sauce. Not the horsey sauce, but the Arby's sauce. They're yeah. like... Hmm. Their barbecue sauce. They're 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 red standard. Yeah, but I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say that uh, I'm a big fan of uh, you know just sweet red gold, just regular old ketchup, man. I'm I'm yeah. a burger dunker. I'm a egg sandwich dunker. Uh, I dunk a lot of stuff in the sweet sweet red. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, um, in uh, Frank's Red Hot, I will put on the appropriate food. We have chicken. Especially. We have the variant of Frank's where it's the Frank's buffalo see, hot sauce. You know what? And we use that instead. See, is that really meant though for out of the bottle like that? Because I don't know if you've noticed the top. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have like the narrow open. It's just like an open mouth. Yep. I think that's that's for uh, for for baking with. I think. Yeah, we just eat that shit straight. I yeah, I, I honestly don't like the flavor of it that much. Yep. it's 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 we okay. Have... It'll work in a pinch, mm-hmm. but it, it lacks that um, that vinegar 
uh, quality. And it's also like more in calories too. I, I know what you mean. No, we we have a few though, like right, like we have sriracha, we have the Frank's one, and then we have Valentina's. That's yeah. the one you find in like the Mexican aisle for like a dollar or two bucks a, for a gigantic yeah. bottle. Yeah, that Valentina's Depends actually. What you, what I like that eating. Valentina. That stuff's good. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, hot sauce. What about Tabasco? We don't fuck with the Tabasco. No, no, because we have three other hot sauces. I guess like oh. we. I wonder Just if uh, no cafe, need for it. well, that's another thing that Cafe Verde would have on the. They, you could go grab your hot sauce bottles that they just have sitting out over by the garbage. Mm. I'm sure that I'm sure they'll continue to do that. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah, you just go over there. Like, oh, cool! It's all crusted up. When was the last time this was washed? Do, do they wash it? I don't know. I doubt it. Not just that particular restaurant, but most of the restaurants. <laughs> My that no, have, but have sauce I, that, that is one of the ones I, you know, deeply concerning. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's like I've said before. It's like Cypher from The Matrix. Mm. Ignorance is bliss. Don't think about things too much because then Cog- that never works. Cognitive dissonance. Hey, tech talk, tech, talk. Oh, Sorry, yeah. can you say again? Tech, tech, tech talk. Okay, good, good. On the Criterion Creeps podcast. Wow. RJ, how do you feel about mayo, by the way? Uh, I'm pro mayo. Like, you I don't fuck do with mayo. mayo. I do. I'm not like crazy. I'm not dunking fries in mayo or anything like. Nuts oh like yeah, that. yeah. But uh, I'm definitely uh, yeah. I, I'm pro mayo. Yeah. There's a scene in King of the Hill where uh, Hank is making a sandwich. Oh yeah. And he's about to put some mayo on his I think bacon sandwich he's making, and he's like. Hmm. And he sees no one's looking, so the the, the baking grease that he's just put away into a jar, he just uh-huh. uh, puts the mayo away and gets his knife out and scoops out some of that baking grease. It's essentially the same thing, no? Mm. <laughs> I mean, what's mayo? Eggs and vinegar? Yeah. It's almost like baking it's grease. Al- almost. Yeah. Tech talk. I have oh, yeah. recently gotten bogged down at work with a task involving graphics design. Uh-oh. Since I am a... Uh, a so I, since I am decent at pretending to be a graphics designer. So mm-hmm. as a fellow artist, JD, do you have any preference on stock image services and do any of them offer customizing options? Good it question. is amazing how far a little YouTube training on Photoshop will get you. Also, if anyone in Creeps Nation has any pointers, especially in big meme boys, please <gasps> drop me a line on wow. Twitter. Thanks for the time, Creeps. Have a great show. Cheers. Um. Yeah, I have not had to actually deal with any stock image services at all with my job because usually the content images that get generated at my work happen as I film them so I don't have to worry about it too too much and I think Mm. when things do come up the university has paid a photographer to get their stock photos for them so I have not had to uh, go into that realm but I know it exists, and I know it recently came up because I think I saw someone tweet out um, some, like, strange headline about a, a woman mm-hmm. saying that, like, I, I, I constantly fantasize about being with multiple, like, obese older men, and I mm. t- can't tell my husband. And then there's this photo that accompanies it with this woman, like, in her, like, you know, athlete 
you know, athlete leisure wear, holding her head frustrated. Oh, wow. And you're like, man, I bet you that woman is like really glad that she signed that thing when she took these, when she was doing her modeling. And now when people read this article, oh, they think, oh, it's, it's her. <laughs> I see what you mean. Well, that's uh, when you sign up to be a, a stock photo model, like who knows what's going to happen, right, Jared? Who knows? You might get the meme treatment one of these days. Get memed real hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So do you also like uh, obese older men? Or nah? Hey, RJ, what you been creeping on this week? <laughs> Not obese older men, if that's what you're asking. But, uh, I mean, I will say thank you for all the emails out there. Thanks, guys. Did you watch any movies? No. <laughs> do you... Uh, Wait, did, did you want to talk about rich. your video games? My video games? What games I've been playing? Yeah, because I have, I have one movie, but I don't know if you want to hear about that. We could also just talk about Star Trek. Oh, I got to get my phone. Oh, shit. Shh. It's I have to charge it in the other room. Go 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 get it. Go get it, RJ. I'll, I'll cover. I'll cover for okay. you, RJ. Go get him. Go get him, Tiger. There he goes. He's going down the hall. He's left the room. He's in the darkness. I can't see him. Oh, he's coming back. That was really fast. That I mean, that hardly seemed to even need to be brought up. Hey, he's back! Woo! I'm back, baby. Yeah, uh, I was gonna go bathroom at the same time, but uh, you thought because huh? I might have to run away if if I don't make it. But you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't want you to have to be alone the whole time. So RJ, yeah, um, I think I told you I'd played that Donkey Kong Country through. Uh, no, oh, just recently. Yeah, 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 and and I did Donkey Kong Country two as well. Holy fuck. Did you get it all the way to the end? Yeah. I finished the, I, I didn't get no 100% or anything like that. I'm not going to yeah. bother. Life's too short. I just mean you beat it all the yeah. way. Oh, yeah. Not, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like in a couple sessions, a few sessions each game. Oh, yeah. Those are uh, those are high intensity Holy games. Holy shit. Uh, the Snow Barrel Blast episode. Uh, was it the first level of the, of the snow level, the glacier? Holy shit. I don't know if i remember being so goddamn hard when i was a kid but oh it's fucking hard fuck it is such a like once you get it down but then you make one mistake and it's all over again that's when save state comes in because i'm like i'm not gonna i'm I'm done losing lives i can't do Uh this i can't i can't do this anymore it's just like it's just a point it's like what am i going to go farm lives now i'm like no fuck that see i i never fucked with the emulator shit i did a pure Oh. And a uh, friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, would say, uh, the, I think I've mentioned the term he coined, the controller flex, where I would be playing those Donkey Kong levels, and it sounded like I was crushing, breaking the controller in half, because mm-hmm. you're so, you're just so rigid, you're working so hard, Jarrett. The one that always stands out for me is when you're the bird in D- uh, Donkey Kong Country 2, and oh. it's the carnival world, and you're going through the, the thorn maze, and you, you have to fly Oh, Bramble, Bramble Scramble. Yeah, that that level is pretty. pretty I tough. beat that on my first try, and I have no it's idea. A tough level. I have no idea how I did it. What mm-hmm. uh, what made up for it though is the last level of the game before the boss fight, where it's the race. Oh, the cart race? No, like no, it's the bird race. Oh yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, that one's tough too. That sucked. And it's, hard and, it's not, and it's not even well. It the first half of Donkey Kong Country Two is super easy. Like mm-hmm. I, I blasted right through it, and then the up then the difficulty ramps up quite a bit. Um, yep. But yeah, there's like that debate now online amongst YouTube people. Mm-hmm. 
that like Donkey Kong Country actually isn't that great a game. And I'm like, you know what? You're wrong. Um, it is still like I've played that game so many times. It's not. It's like we compare it to like the actual game design um, of mm-hmm. Donkey Kong Country Two. It's not as good, for sure. It it, it really isn't the mm-hmm. how much more inventive and uh, interesting the levels are for the second game. It's so mm-hmm. much. It's so much better. However, um, the music of Donkey Kong Country by itself is like so great and oh, yes. the, and like the sound design the way they laid out those games uh the feeling of those games i don't know mm-hmm. it, they're it's pretty excellent i do actually i found it weird because uh oh what's her name the, the little little girl kong dixie kong dixie kong dixie kong's yep. uh i no dixie it's dixie yes yeah yes and you're then, not down with dixie kong oh i am I think oh, okay. I, I I way I I way prefer uh, Diddy and Dixie to don- mm-hmm. Donkey and Diddy. That I will agree with with people who have these complaints or whatever that online. It's like yes, I think that uh, having the two characters play more similarly rather than Donkey Kong, who's just lunky and mm-hmm. bounces off the top of things. Like yeah. he he sucks. I, I when you go back and forth, it's like, man, <laughs> the Dixie character is way more, like, makes way more sense. And then they mm-hmm. backtrack on the third one, which I have not started. I have no... Baby Kong. Yeah. I have mm-hmm. zero uh, nostalgia for the third game. I don't know if I ever played it. I think it came out after mm-hmm. I would have... I mean, or if I did play it, I played it once, and that's it. But, yeah. so I... One of my Super Nintendo... Uh, takes that probably is uh not popular though is Mm -hmm. i am not a fan of super mario world 2 i uh the the no like the oh super super mario Mario world 2 yoshi's island or whatever it's called is it oh you don't like the yoshi's island i like yoshi's island i yeah i mean it's gorgeous like you just when you look at the game it looks so amazing but there's something i don't like about it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, but I like the Yoshi Island games. I think I like that series, but I don't know. I just like platforming. So you're you're just it's... not down. Is it the way Yoshi moves, or is well, it's it like because you're because you're in charge of like baby Mario, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I... And that little fucker cries a lot. Yeah, I I, I think it's a gorgeous game, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I was never a fan of it even at the time, and that was yep. like that game is a big deal. But mm-hmm. and people still like talk about it as like this high watermark. But I'm like, eh, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's spurred out. There's a Yoshi game for every console after that. Like they even just had one come oh. out for Switch, like wow. Yoshi's Crafted here, World here, or something. From, like from that. Wikipedia, yeah. Uh, reviewers praised the art, sound, level design, and gameplay, and posited Yoshi's Island as a masterpiece and one of the greatest video games of all time. I don't know about all time, but I I, I like Yoshi's Island quite a bit. I've played the Wii U one. I think it was Yoshi's Woolly World, where everyone is wool. Uh, I think whatever the Wii one is, I've played that one as well. But I, I haven't played the new one. But I like Yoshi's Island. I mean, I don't think that's too controversial of you not to like it. Yeah. there That's good. And, I mean, as I've said maybe times, maybe, maybe I should actually retry it because I haven't played it should. forever and ever and ever. I would give it a try, Boy. especially hot off of DK. Yeah, well, yeah, I uh, I felt like to platform. I, I felt like my I felt like I was leveling up as I was playing these games as my skills started to return uh, and being able to handle uh, platforming. I've tried playing some Super Mario Brothers, 
Whew. I, I stink. I stink. Terrible. But the, I would have guessed. The controls are pretty amazing, though. Like, yeah. we actually feel like how in control you really are and the how Mario goes a little faster. Mm-hmm. Than, and he actually have to stop him and go in the opposite yeah. direction. For imp- The input stuff is, like, pretty uh, uh, completely unappreciated, I think, when I was a kid. And now playing mm-hmm. it, you're like, man, that's a really subtle little thing. If you if you want to really up your nerd game, you got to get into that uh, Super Mario Maker, where you can create your own levels. That's the that's high high yeah. end nerd shit. Mm-hmm. I did actually try um, Super Mario Brothers uh, on All Stars. The S- oh yeah, the, the com- compilation. Yeah, yeah, that's redone, where it's like mm-hmm. remixed. Yeah, oh, I, I w- have... wasn't feeling that. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a time and place for it. I did get the. Uh... The new one they just put out in Switch that has uh, Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and then Mario Galaxy. See, I'm going to get into that after Metal Gear. Not, not a fan of any of those. See, I have uh, I've played 64. I have, I've never played Sunshine, so I'm going to give it a mm. go. That's the one but, where you're Luigi with the vacuum cleaner? or is it... No, that's Luigi's Mansion. Okay. That's but a whole other... Sunsh- whole other what's Sunshine about? Your Which one's that one about? Sunshine, you're on this, like, wa- uh, an island, and there's a... Uh, like all these like blobby guys, and then there's have to clean up all the oil with like your water. Uh, yeah. You have like water tank. That sounds that sounds terrible. I, I that's why like that game just I don't yeah. know. See, at the when it came out, I thought it looked boring too. But mm-hmm. uh, now years later, people are like, it's actually really good. So, oh, but people loved it back then too. Yeah, they and did. and I just was like, no, <laughs> I don't want like I don't know like the Mario games totally lost me after Mario World. I I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Well, I I think you should play Yoshi's Island, and uh, I'm glad that you played uh, DK's. As I've long said, that is my favorite series. I hold one and two. Like I know what you mean about two having better mechanics, and it's like, yeah, I get it. I think I hold them both in this. I don't just play one; I go the whole way. So it's like one long run run for me. But the mm-hmm. music's great, and the, it's so hard that when you're done, you feel good. Hey, don't you, didn't you just feel good when you finish that game? You're like, man, I did it. I won. I beat K rule. King K rule. I got him. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah, I love. I do, I do love the. Uh, yeah, all oh, the designs of uh, all the Crocs are way better in the second game too. Oh like, yeah, the Kremlins like, are way like cruel. Like everything looks way nicer, which That's, makes sense. They're, they're everything's an improvement, and they did it all in one year. Yeah, the only and like so that I've played the like there was one on Wii, one on Wii U, and a and a they ported it to Switch. The new Donkey Kong games, yep. those are good too. But the only problem is they got rid of the Kremlins. They don't have any Kremlins yeah. in there. It's different, like baddies. And I'm like, why? Soon why you... here. Wah. I but I like that. I know. I like. Are, the are, this, are the yeah? That's the the one thing I really appreciate with those Donkey Kong games is the sound design, though. Okay. Like there's like a Doppler effect where like the where the bees are going up and down, and it's like you hear them like they're moving away from you, and then they come closer, and then they go down. That stuff is great. The atmosphere, again, like that snow barrel blast, like where the snow intensifies or the sun goes up and down as you play through the game. Yeah, it's just some pretty nice things. Pretty nice things is right. Good games. Good Good games. Uh, I finished Dragon's Crown. Is that that pervert game? Yes. Big time pervert game. Yeah. Uh, It kind of just ends and then you have to play it some more. I'm familiar with that kind of game. It's never... It's always defeating when that happens. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. Now that it's there, it's just a matter of getting back to it at some mm-hmm. point. But in the meantime, uh, Diablo 3. 
Oh, you really are the king of the nerds. King of the nerds. You know, I never played Diablo. Barely probably played Diablo 2 ever. Mm-hmm. And so. You know who's a big Diablo guy? Mm. Is uh, Ham Meat. Yeah. I can uh, give you his number. You guys can uh, talk about uh, oh, strategy. Strats. It's actually, yeah. it seems like a really easy game at this point. Uh, I think it has good scaffolding, Jared. It starts easy, challenge builds. You have to maybe even use some that of the game skills you learned before. It has not a non-existent tutorial system, which is weird. So you don't know what you're supposed to do unless you go online yeah. and look it up. It's kind of strange that that wouldn't be built into the game. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, how do you blacksmith? They just, I don't know. <laughs> they just know, like, Say you figure it out. There's no introduction to it. There's no, huh. oh, hey, when you pick up equipment, you should, you have to equip it. They don't show you how to do that. You just assume that you'll you'll get to it. As you're mm-hmm. dying, you're like, why am I dying? Why, why isn't it just like when I pick up good equipment, swapping it off? And it's like, no, not that type. It's an RPG kind of. Since you're actually, so just you talking about that, uh, one thing that that kind of reminded me of, um, have you ever watched the Aaron Hansen uh, videos of like Mega Man and Castlevania? No. I, what, what's an Aaron Hansen? Uh, he, he, I think he does like, he's one of the Game Grumps guys, but the videos are called Sequelitis. I'll send you a link later because he has one on Castlevania and then he has one on Mega Man where he compares Mega Man to Mega Man X. And just you talking about that, he, he kind of talks about how the intro, the cold open of Mega Man X is perfect because yeah. like the level design makes it so you have to use these things. And that's the tutorial. It doesn't tell you how to do these things, but it shows you yeah. and you have to use it to like get through the level. It's pretty cool stuff. Since you're a big YouTube boy, I'll send you send it to you this way. Okay. Yeah, it's I mean, that's just uh, kind of, I mean, when I was playing Super Metroid, it's, yeah. You're pretty aware now, I guess, like of mm-hmm. the the artifice of it, where you're like, "Oh, this is really clever," and on top of it, it's, it pulls off atmosphere and is a gorgeous looking game. Just like me, just like you, all game, all game, baby. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I I know what you mean. I think you like that video. I'll give you a look, okay. or I'll send it your way. Okay, fine. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, you got a game. What? Oh, no, I'm still playing uh, Guns of the Patriots. Oh, still? It's a big game. I, I actually I haven't been playing this last week. I've been really busy with work, but I do have a day off next week. So I might be able to get some some heavy jamming in. I'm on uh, part two of that game. So I have seen uh, Liquid Ocelot. Uh, right. and I saw his, like all his furies or all of like the baddies that are in this game. I just haven't got to any of the baddies yet. Yes. So I think I'm in, uh, I started middle East part one and then we had the big cut scene on the plane with, uh, right. what's his nuts, um, Otacon. <laughs> and then, uh, now I'm in South America and I'm doing some jungling and going through mansions and stuff like that. So Part two. I don't. I, I can't remember. I I did look. I didn't like look at what the was ahead, but I think there's six parts or something like okay. that. Five or six parts. I think, I, so. I think you're about as far as I ever got into the game. Yeah. Like exactly I still, where I stopped playing. I know. still like it a lot. I just haven't had time to play this last week. That's yeah. all. Yeah. So I watched Star Trek instead. Nice. The only the the, the right choice. Yeah. I mean, I watched a movie too, but I I don't think you're an Andy Samberg guy, so nope. I'll just. Uh, <laughs> Movie wasn't bad. I like Andy Samberg. So cool. Uh, hey, do you want to finish off season five? Yes. Finally, let's do it. All right. Where did I leave off last time? Five twenty-two was old, 
old O. Yes. Old the o. one that ends just just ends. <laughs> yeah, questionably. So season five has been a uh, a weird a weird one for me, right? Like yeah. it's there's been some dips. Mm-hmm. Uh so the rest of the season, I actually forgot to rate some of these, so I went back just now mm-hmm. and I tried to give them, so they might not be super accurate. But uh, five twenty three, man, Nog aged two out of four stars. I'm trying to remember which one this is. Blaze this of Glory. Blaze of Glory. Yeah. So this is the one that has Eddington again. Cisco and Eddington. Oh again. yeah, 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 yeah. They go. They go to the. What is it called? The the hellscape? Yeah, they go to the hellscape to like because there's possibly bio weapons there that are going to be unleashed. Oh yeah, it's, uh, but it's like oh you got to help us get those bio weapons. Wink. Yeah, it's the Bill Burr Mandalorian episode where it's like I'm going to bust you out of jail mm-hmm. just so that I I need your help on this one. That's right. But you also see Nog in this, and I was like, holy shit, the actor who played Nog got real old like you can tell he's an old man now under that makeup which i've maybe that's just me that yeah there's uh in recent episodes it's even more so dog and jake are like 38 year old men all of a sudden and it's like how did that happen (laughs) season five was rough it was was the clinton years you know Mm mm-hmm so yeah, this was Blaze of Glory. I gave it a two because I'm I'm not huge on this Eddington Cisco like dynamic. Plus because Cisco it made Cisco a war criminal. But also I was like, I don't think this Eddington guy is very like appealing. But that's just me. Some people might like him. Well, I don't know what you thought. And, and now it's over and done with anyway. It's the yeah. end it's the end of like this is so this is the episode. My notes for here is like, oh hey, it's back to the main story finally. After like what? seven episodes in a row that have nothing to do with anything. Yeah. There was a big stretch. Yeah. And now we're like, Oh, Hey, right. Uh, let's tie those things up with the knot as we move forward. So they tie up the Edgington stuff. They tie up the Mark, the Maquis stuff. So that's like done. Mm-hmm. Or at least it's set aside. Um, Cisco Eddington go to spawns hell slash badlands. That's what it's mm-hmm. called. And, mm-hmm. uh, and quotes, I won't, Crazy Cisco. Mm-hmm. You yeah, want to be crazy? Unhinged. I'll be crazy. Because he's like, I'll let you take over the show. He's like, yeah, right. Yeah, sure you will. No, it's your problem. And then Cisco's like, I'm going to make uh, a rock to Gino in the back. Mm-hmm. And see, this is this is the weird Cisco thing. Like, even today I was on Reddit for a little, and I saw a thing where it's like, Cisco's the best captain. And I was like, not, on my, not by my watch. <laughs> I was like, Cisco is wild he's a war criminal and he does things that are like borderline reckless and shouldn't pay off and the only reason they do is by chance you know what i mean right that that's how i feel about it at least uh so this is a yes for me just because at least it has something to do with the the the, the main story the storyline so that's good that's a pot that's a plus and it's like whatever it wraps up things yeah yeah no i agree with you do you have anything else on that that's it that's yeah. it. My, my notes yeah. start getting a lot more scant. I start watching these like later at night, like on Mondays. And uh, I'm just sitting there in the dark and I don't have my notepad on hand. So you got to do my approach. One line zippers. Mm-hmm. Woo! Like this one. Die Hard Garrick. Uh, and this is a high. Episode 24. Episode 24. M- M- Nor. 
yeah, so this is a high two. It wasn't quite a three for me, but it is an enjoyable episode. And this is, a, as I said, Die Hard Garrick, because every character eventually gets their Die Hard episode. Well, this is also Slasher in Space. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, Garrick goes crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's hunting. And, uh, Human. and my note here is he kind of just killed three Starfleet officers while drugged up. Huh. Like, that's it. And, and you're like, nothing really. Well, he was uh, on Cardassian drugs Drug. that made him Murder go, drugs? That, that made him go crazy. He was basically on crystal meth. Cardassian crystal meth where he mm-hmm. he, did, he, he didn't know what he was doing, but he was really jacked up. He was on Crocodile. Crocodile. Oh, <laughs> that was a gross one. So, yeah. That was yeah. some, that was some uh, I think, some not real things. Or bath salts. Bath salts. Bath salts. There you go. There's... There's an yeah. oldie. There's an oldie. There's also Jankums, which was a <laughs> uh, another troubling one. Uh, but I did, I did like see, I did like seeing Garrick sneak around, kill, killing oh, yeah. people. Oh, yeah, I, that's good stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, d- d- yeah. <laughs> I think this is a yes as well, just because. Yep. Uh, it's yep. got a good atmosphere. I think that I, this is like the first time they introduce Empognor, the sister ship, or the, space, the sister station to. DS9. Yeah, this is the first I'm hearing about it. Yeah, it's the first time it comes up. It's like, oh, we need some parts. And they're like, well, we're going to send a crew to go get some parts from the other station that's been abandoned. Mm -hmm. And while on the ship, they find uh, some, like, sleeper agent secure, like, guys that have just been, like, put on there. So when they wake up, they will kill. Yeah. It's it's, it's like, what? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Well, and it, wasn't it like the drug was uh, to kill anyone that's not Cardassian? Yeah, it's like that's the that's what fuels them up. Mm-hmm. And there's Nog there just doing his thing. They, they couldn't just have like a poisonous gas. <laughs> no, it needed to be slasher specific. Yeah, right. Whereas, like, we want you to kill people that mm-hmm. aren't aren't you. Yeah, and oh, so. and it also taps into like uh, O'Brien's like racism a little bit too. Oh yeah, which I always uh, I'm always. I always like hearing O'Brien's war stories mm-hmm. and his rationale for things like on TNG when he's talking to Cardassians and he's like, I hate that you made me a, a horrifying racist that enjoys <laughs> killing Cardassians. Cardies. And it comes out of nowhere. You're like, whoa, yeah. is O'Brien a war criminal too? And you're like, maybe, so, maybe they all are. Maybe they all are. Yeah. Maybe there's no heroes in war, Jared. Maybe that's the message that DS9 is trying to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have anything else on That's it. Pocknor? That's it. Good. Good. Uh, five twenty-five. So it's just Jake and Nog again. Yep. Two out of four stars. What? Oh. I, I, I just thought this one was okay. Oh, this I wasn't hot very, on the Willie this, Mason. This episode is very enjoyable. It's a, it's the uh, calm before the storm episode. I, in I, I, in I, the cards, I, I, I enjoyed the thing that was like, Jake's like, hey, I'm human. I don't have any money. Which is like that's what I've been saying all along. Well, I mean, it's been stated many times that humans have gone past money and currency. Now we live in the perfect society, right? I yeah, I, I wasn't too hot on this, but uh, well, that's just me. Well, I, I I'm curious to think what see what you think. Sounds well, like you like. Yes, yeah, so this is like it's it's such a odd episode and i, I think yes, that's that's what i think the charm of it is because you i kept thinking too i'm like is this how the war starts <laughs> like at some points but then you're like or like there's a guy who shows up you're like is this a time traveling collector yeah which, which is an interesting idea too but no it turns out he's just crazy 
he's a crazy man. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also a really creepy scene involving teddy bear snatching, where they go into a oh, a, yeah. woman, a woman's they break into a woman's room to take a teddy bear to give back to Bashir, <laughs> of course, because because it's like in the nebula of like a uh, questionable behavior, Bashir cannot be that far off. Of course, he's not. And I feel like because they changed Bashir's like origin too and now they're playing it up right where they're like they're like we know you're a super genius just tell us and he's like blah 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 it's like all the other things Bashir does like his womanizing you're just like hmm Bashir you're a weird guy Bashir so this episode uh Jake finds out that there is he wants to do something for his dad because his dad's yep. all depressed and weird in on IMDb it says uh, to cheer up war fatigued Captain Cisco. Yeah, there you go. War fatigued. Battle fatigue. That's like some PTSD right there. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, anyway, so there's a an auction being held in Quarks and mm-hmm. a Willie Mays baseball cards up for auction. And mm-hmm. Jake's like, I'm gonna get that. And he's like, uh, Hey, I don't have any money. Nog, give me your money. And they try to they try to win it. They can't. Uh, there's this weird guy who does win it, and they start following him around to, mm-hmm. to see if they can get it from him. And he's like, no. But they they start falling into his uh, weird world of this invention he's going to build about staying alive forever. Mm-hmm. Um, well, at the same time, there is also negotiations going on between the Dominion and Bajor, uh, mm-hmm. where. They're, they're they, the Dominion want to sign a, a peace treaty with Bajor. They're like, well, whatever happens, you know, in this conflict with the Federation, uh, you should, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be all together on the same page. Mm-hmm. So that's like a, that's a kind of like the serious thing that's underpinning the episode. And then, but the main plot is uh, Jake and Nog uh, going around collecting things unquestionably for this, this fetch quest. If it, it's fetchy. But it's like, yeah. but, but one thing leads to another. It's a way of him getting around to all the characters. He's like, well, you're a, it's like Jake, you're this, he's the son of the captain of this station. So he, he has all this access and everyone's like, what do you need with this and this and this and this? And they're like, okay, sure. What's the worst that could happen? It's like, they haven't watched the show for the last five years. Or haven't like ever been with a different person before it's like i need some of these things and then you go why do you need this weapon that kills everyone and it's like just saying mm-hmm. just saying i need it that's all just we get, saying we get some jeff coombs action which is always much appreciated uh as way yep yeah there's there's some good way coming up some oh yeah. there is uh yep. but that's about it i thought this was a uh, one of the stronger episodes in the last like batch of, of things yeah i'm glad you like it. it's like i said i was uh season five gave me serious fatigue on this thing but i do think there is some light coming out now that i've got out of season five and into season six mm-hmm. but yeah i'm glad you like that episode i was just boy, so so uh five wait are you you're done yeah right? that's it that's it okay 526 climactic anticlimactics three out of four stars because this episode is both uh entertaining and build up build up a lot but in classic ds9 fashion i feel like it kind of just ends and then and that's it 
because it's like a season ender and they do like there is a big thing that happens but Mm -hmm. then at the same time like then it does a little bit more and then they're like all right that's it see you later and it just stops Mm -hmm. and i was like but wait (laughs) what else happened (laughs) this is a episode call to arms Uh Uh, my only note here is lita's ridiculous breasts yeah it is <laughs> the Dabo girl breasts in uh, DS9 have always. It's like the episode Jake brings home one, and it was a very busty lady as well. <laughs> and he was just home. like, he brings one like, home. He, he does. He brings one home. And then uh, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I thought Jake was like 13, but then Jake was like 28 the next episode. And I was like, oh, so he is dating uh, ladies with enormous breasts. I'm glad that you picked up on that as well. <laughs> it's hard to miss. Uh, so this episode, I, I do think, has some good stuff. It does set up a lot of a lot of things. And what I'm guessing is what the next two seasons is about, essentially. Mm-hmm. This is the episode that marks the beginning of the Dominion War. The Dominion War. I've heard. I've heard. I do like, uh, I like some of the space battle and stuff. I don't know if I... I mean, I do think it's a good shakeup for what the, where they leave it with the station. But uh, again, I do feel like it, it just shows that Cisco is, uh, he's volatile, man. He's, uh, he's, he's unpredictable. Is that good? Like, I don't know. He's a wild card. He is a wild card. He's just, like frying stations, leaving and stuff like that, doing whatever he feels like. I did really like that's the- like, uh, That's Kirk, though. I mean, Kirk blew up yeah, the Kirk Enterprise like when that. the Klingons uh, boarded it. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was pretty, uh, pretty gutsy. Hey, there's some Klingons on the ship. Fucking blow it up. Well, I mean, everyone blows up their ship or, like, does it. I mean, at least he didn't, Once blow, in a while. He didn't blow it up. He just uh, said, fuck you. I'm going to delay you as long as I can. That's yeah. completely legitimate move. Yeah, that's not uh, he, bad. He, he left things in a much better place than he could have right. based on his previous actions this season. Because that's true. Because he has it set up. And, uh, of course, there's a reason why he's going to have to, like, come back. Because, uh... Jake has made this decision. Like, I'm gonna be a war correspondent. <laughs> yeah, kind of like out of nowhere. Oh, like he, he's an author a, for a while. Yeah, and he's. I'm gonna be a journalist. Yeah, and then you're like, all right, I mm-hmm. guess. And then yeah, Odo sticks around. Yeah, Kira, and then now now Bajor is like has a non-aggression tr- treaty signed because mm-hmm. he encouraged it because he's like, don't join with the Starfleet. I uh, I did like that, and then the other thing I did like, I like the idea of the self-replicating minds. Yes, yeah, that's a that's a really cool idea, and all all really cur- courtesy of Rom. Well, I mean, and it's been building right where it's like Rom is a super genius. It's just Quark just shits on him all the time, so Rom's never really allowed to do anything. But mm-hmm. O'Brien saw, mm-hmm. Brian knows. So yeah, that that was cool. I liked that idea. Yeah, and then what else happens? Baseball Everyone just scrambles. Baseball's left behind, as the the bad guys take the take the station, and uh, the music changes to triumphant Cardassian Dominion music, and uh, yeah, which is always always encouraged, I believe. Mm-hmm. So you like that Gal Ducat? Well, you're gonna get some Gal Ducat. There's some Gal Ducat, especially in the next episode. Oh, so you did continue on with some season six? I got I got one season six for you. Okay, good. So, uh, six oh one, and I forgot to rate this, uh, but I do think it's a good episode. Uh, six oh one. What's up with Ducat's hair? Oh, it's slash. It's getting shaggy. 
yeah, he's got a lot of cabbage up top here. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's getting super shaggy, you know? Yeah, yeah it, was, it's, it, it's, it wasn't nice and neat, but it was nice and tied back. It seemed, like, short. And now it's getting yeah. all, like, a little, like, mullety. It's a little mullety. And <laughs> it's just, like, it really stands out. It's like, when did he get, like, a he's bob a, it's, a, it's a skullet. <laughs> yeah, it's super weird. I noticed. Uh, I noticed. And then I also said we really needed Wei Yun. I want, I need Wei Yun to be a main character in this show because in 601, a time to stand mm-hmm. Wei Yun really shines. Oh yeah. Hey, you're, you're getting lots of Wei Yun. Don't you worry. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm liking uh, this first episode with him. I really liked he, I mean, I just think he's, he's a good actor in general, but uh, I liked the character in here. He's got good play with uh, Odo mm-hmm. and, uh, Garrett, uh, I mean, uh, Gal Ducat is trying to, you know, sex up Kira because he's got a thing for Bajorans. And, uh, you know, Wei Yun's just there. He's like, I don't really give a shit. He's like, I'm here to do my job. And I was like, I like you, Wei Yun. You're a good mm-hmm. dude. So this is a yes. A time to yep. s- a time to stand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a time jump. Uh, we're kind of like things are just like, well, it's been, you know, six months or whatever, and I think it's, I think that's the implication. It's been like six months, maybe only three yeah. months since they left the station, and uh, yeah. the war's not going well. And uh, you know they'll do a thing where it's like, oh, Bashir's like collars down, and he's like, ah, oh, he's <laughs> he's so he's seen so much shit, <laughs> like yeah, allegedly, yeah. And you're like, and they're just like, ah, oh, man, this war, it's really it's rough. <laughs> all those that's what all, they want you to. All think. those battles we're in, look. I'm like I got some dust on my uniform. I haven't cleaned it. It's hard here up in space. Space Man, wars. Life is hard in space. Let me uh, the Dax Wharf already back together. <laughs> like, like so because like the last episode, yeah. of Called Arms. There's this idea. Oh, because they they're gonna get married, RJ. They're gonna get married allegedly. Allegedly, and then they're like, oh, it's gonna be a beautiful wedding. And they're like, oh, but now the wars come. We'll, after the war is done, we'll get. We'll, we're not gonna see each other for a really long time. And in this episode, oh, they're back together again. And it's like, oh boy, mm-hmm. the most un unattractive like relationship where you're like, oh, <laughs> these two, they the oil and water. That's not. But they keep forcing it. I know, and like that's the thing. They're forcing it, but it's like I. No one's buying it. Yeah. No one's uh, believing this. Here I refer to as the Bashir jogging look. Uh oh yeah. Yeah, because his shirt's about halfway unbuttoned. His yeah. hair's a little bit disheveled, and he's very uh he's very like, whatever. Yeah. He's like, what is he's like, none of it matters now. We have no chance. Mm-hmm. Um this is my next note here was fake news Jake. He does. He he pushes a few buttons well, there. He's we, 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 the line. Weyun says, "This is not an occupation." You keep referring to us as occupiers, uh, and then I believe uh, the payoff is keep an open mind. <laughs> it's good Weyun, yeah. vintage Weyun. You know what I mean? Yeah, I did like that too, and especially because like with the Jake stuff, where uh, this this war journalist uh persona that he is now that he's always wanted to be i was like where'd this come from young, but i guess hey, i mean there, young, there's a there's a use for it young men affect uh personas all the time they suddenly yeah. decide uh i'm gonna be a filmmaker dad and then maybe a screenwriter and then, then a couple of weeks later after that fails uh i'm just gonna do this twitch channel <laughs> i'm gonna do i'm gonna do speed runs and then after that, it's like, you know, I've always really wanted to open up a food truck. 
<laughs> and then you go, huh? my, my pet's always been my passion. I want to sell pulled pork and donuts. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, maybe pulled pork on donuts. That's something. <laughs> Slow down there, Kojak. I don't want to give any ideas away for free, but. Uh, yeah, we, you know. we, we give away letterbox for TV. I mean, I feel like that's basically what we do already right now. Yeah. That's all you've watched so far, huh? Yeah. But hey, I mean, that's better than last week when I watched, what, like one episode? Two. two I'm I'm climbing. You're climbing. climbing. Well, good, because I'm only like at episode... Uh, I started... No, I watched 12. No, I watched 13. I'm on episode 13 of season six. You're on 613? Okay. I'm halfway. I could definitely get up to 606 this week, maybe more, okay. potentially. All right. Potentially. Yep. Whatever. I'm getting there. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Do you are Do you want more Alexander? Adel, I don't know if we we don't know if we talked about that enough before. I I as soon as Worf got brought in, I said, "Where is Alexander?" Because I want him well, with Jake and Nog. Well, RJ, your wish may be coming true sooner than you think. Oh, baby, bring bring him on. I want him to be uh, screaming and uh, whistling at people. You are going to re- you're going to regret this. Oh, oh. I, I can't wait until the Dax Alexander episode that I give one out of four stars because I'm sure there will be one. Uh, Alexander, I'm your mother now. I'm uh, Dax. No, there's no. Don't worry about that one. Oh, okay. That that that's not coming down. Not that we know of yet. It's true, but I'm, I'm pretty positive uh, it's not going to happen, which we'll is see. good. I'm not going to I'm not going to complain. Um, the other TV that I have watched because that's the highest art form there is now, mm-hmm. especially from the '90s, is mm-hmm. King of the Hill, RJ. How is that going? How far uh, are you? In? Halfway, th- half over halfway through season three. Holy fuck! Since, you were motoring since. Uh, Friday last week, yeah. Holy, well, so, it, season one's pretty short, isn't it? Yeah, it's not like it's a half season or whatever, thirteen yeah. episodes. I think season two might be twenty, but it's so effortless to put on while painting oh, yeah. those mini figs. It's perfect I, mini fig stuff. Uh, the first season, I was a lot more into the screenshotting, but then I was like, you know what? I just want to enjoy myself. Yeah, don't make it a job. Just sit mm-hmm. back and, and and enjoy. How's it going so far? Great. Uh, there is no such Good. thing as a bad episode, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think they've, they've all uh, got something uh, worth mm-hmm. worthwhile. Um, I think, obviously, the Bill arc of whatever you want to call it is uh, superb stuff. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. The episode Pretty Pretty Dresses, the Christmas episode, fuck, it is so dark. I cannot believe that that ever happened which i don't know it by name it's the, it's the it's the christmas episode where uh bill's just like like full-on suicidal and he does try oh. to kill himself and they have to like start watching him so he doesn't kill himself and they all have to take turns yeah. uh staying at his house yeah yeah man bill bill's got a sad, sad story <laughs> well i'm so and much it, of it is it like never improves St- steven root's voice acting is uh-huh. so great um he brings so much so so much to that to his uh, performances in that show. So you're a big Stephen Root fan? Oh yeah. Because do you know what Stephen Root is in? Barry. Yes, he is, yeah, and I he's bet. he's pretty good in it, man. Like, yeah. did you ever watch yeah. uh, used radio? Yeah, I did. I yeah. did when it was on. Yeah, 
that, yeah. that, that I mean, I was pretty little, but it's what my parents watched, so I was just I just took it in anyways, you know. He, he played a man so nice they named him twice. What was his name in that? Jimmy James. Jimmy James. Okay. I didn't realize that, but uh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he's he's fantastic as uh as Big Bill his, Bill Doe Three. He's all it's also the name of a Beastie Boy song. Jimmy James? Jimmy James. Hey, you want to hear something weird? And I'm not even kidding. Uh, so the car I'm driving right now, it's just a CD player. So I've been rocking all my, my old CDs in rotation. Mm-hmm. And right now I have uh, the Sounds of Science, the Beastie yep. Boys Anthology double pack. That's what I've been rocking for the last uh, week or two. Yeah. Are you doing any B-Boy moves uh, in your I'm car? doing B-Boy moves. Um, doing that B-Boy lifestyle? Always. Very always. nice. But yeah, I'm glad you like it. And uh, I've said before, oh, it's, I, it's I don't remember really King great. of the Hill ever not being good. Yeah, I, I, uh, even season so. like season one is mm-hmm. like uh, pretty well. The only thing knock the knock against it was like sometimes like the animation is like a little wonky. Like Hank, yeah, I, I prefer la- the later Hank mm-hmm. drawing because in the first season you you definitely a see cool. a lot of the the Mister Anderson from Beavis and Butthead is mm-hmm. like at times you just see that but it tightens up and i okay, i don't know this this could be a controversial view i think that the actual look and animation of the simpsons is not mm-hmm. very good i think simpsons actually is kind of an ugly looking cartoon in yeah. the sense that everything like a lot of the bad lazy things that you could take from simpsons influenced way too many cartoons from that point on mm-hmm. on the flip side i think King of the Hill is at times genuinely beautiful in its capturing of the mundane and like this like sort of like low key like observational uh pastoral kind of look snapshot yep. of Americana. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it looks great. Like there's this it's like perfect in its simplicity, right? Well, cuz they're they dress like uh, I actually really hit me when I saw there's like the one episode. I think it's like where Bobby and Connie first kiss. And I absolutely love how Connie is like designed in her clothing. This like oversized shirt shorts in like flip flops on a bike mm-hmm. and like long hair. And you're like, man, like that's exactly how a kid would draw, like would dress. And like all the characters are kind of dressed exactly spot on. Mm-hmm. awkward the jeans hanging too low uh based just based purely on like where the pockets are mm-hmm. uh the diversity of body types um yeah it's i don't know it's uh i guess like from that element it's well done and then yeah like just like the the drawings i, I i've always i mean i don't think anyone would go to there would be like oh beers and butthead's like a beautiful looking cartoon <laughs> or anything like that but but i i think it's it, like i said that there's there's something to it, right? Yeah. And then there's just times, though, it's like, I mean, there's, like, great animation and stuff like that in Simpsons. But there's definitely times where it feels cheap as hell when you're watching oh, yeah. it. And I'm like, man. And then it's somewhere around season 10, which is also what I stopped watching, you can see that they definitely have cleaned up a lot of it. And, like, it looks mm. better animated. But it, I don't know. There's something about it too, like Matt Grenning's and drawing style. I don't think translates extremely well to animation. And it's just like total, like it's it's fine enough for what it is. But mm-hmm. I don't know. For it gets, it's it's a weird thing to criticize about it. And I don't know if anyone ever thinks about it either. But I don't know if I like the way that Simpsons looks. 
is what I'm saying. And King of the Hill, gorgeous. I will <clears throat> I will agree with you. King of the Hill is gorgeous. Yeah. And uh it's just do one thing really well, right? Like they don't well, they don't it does, overcom- it does everything well. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I mean in the animation sense where it's like don't over don't overcomplicate things. Just uh just do do the thing that you're there to do. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. And it fits for the tone of the show as well, which I think is the big thing. Uh, do you have a favorite character on King of the Hill? Uh, I mean, I was always, um, when I was younger, I was always a Dale guy. When I got older, I was more of a Bill guy. And in my recent watchings, I believe I am a Hank man. Mm. I, uh, especially in, once you get to seasons like five, six, seven, uh, I find as an older man, I am now being on the Hank side of things a lot more where he's just always, you know, he's just, he's just a guy. He's just a regular guy. He doesn't want people fucking around with his stuff. He just wants to I have a beer in the alley. They definitely flesh him out better as the series goes on. Cause oh, I, yeah. at the, at the, in the earlier it episodes, comes. he's a little like caricature. Um, yeah. I think probably, so I would say that maybe the, maybe the worst episode where I kind of was like, ah, I don't know uh, if they did this as well as they could. Uh, is the introduction of uh, the Khan's family? Yeah, that I, one's like I, I know, where pre- one's president's like, are you Chinese or Japanese? And it's about stereotyping people. They, they clean that up. And, and yeah, it gets yeah, yeah. De- definitely as the series progresses, uh, that stuff is works way better. That episode, I would say, definitely is yeah, I would say that's the worst episode, and that's saying something. Yeah, and and yeah, and. Uh... No, I'm I'm with you on that one, and I do think, like I said, season six or so, you'll you'll see they they clean Hank up. He's not like he's not American guy in that sense anymore, where he's like, "Are you Japanese?" And it's just like, "Wow," mm-hmm. but uh, he's got some good stuff coming up. Good stuff. Yep. yep. Good. Good. Well, that's that's it for TV talk. Ooh, baby. You got, you got any news, RJ? I feel like I did, but you want to talk about Jared Leto? Oh fuck! I mean, I'm on board. I, I've been on board for the Snyder Cut the whole time. So, give them long hair, whatever. Make no difference to me. Let's roll. Uh, Am I right? You got any predictions for uh, Criterion movies next week? Uh, do you think the Snyder Cut will be in there? Well, is that your prediction? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Snyder Cut. Hundred percent. Beautiful. We got a movie to talk about. Do we? <laughs> yeah, movies on this movie podcast. All right. Uh, after the break, we're going to go burn a big old pile of potatoes. Yeah, we will. Bring your ketchup or mayonnaise. Sweet red gold, baby. In heaven, everything is
gauchiste, lui, le 25 février aux usines Renault. À notre avis, c'est un grand film d'amour. On dirait pas que c'est un film d'amour. Pourtant, c'est vrai. Ce qu'il y a, c'est que pour raconter une histoire d'amour, aujourd'hui... Pour raconter une histoire d'amour aujourd'hui en France. Raconter une histoire d'amour aujourd'hui, c'est vraiment pas facile. Maintenant qu'ils sont là et puisqu'ils insistent, on va pas les décevoir, non Ah non. Après vous, madame. C'est pas fini, non C'est pas facile aujourd'hui. En France, rien n'est facile. Il assure la direction de cette usine depuis les 15 septembre 1967. Oh non, non, c'est vraiment la première fois que ce genre d'accident se produit. Hein. Ah, Jusqu'aujourd'hui, nous n'avions pas été contaminés par mai 68. <rire> Pourquoi est-ce que rien n'est facile en France aujourd'hui Il y a des gens qui le savent. Il y a d'autres gens qui ont un autre avis sur la question. Alors ce que nous disons, nous, la CGT, c'est que la concentration nous impose une stratégie d'ensemble qui rend possible la signature d'accords interbranches, complétés d'accords annexes particuliers à chaque branche, voire à chaque usine. Et ce que nous disons également, c'est que des actes irresponsables comme ceux qui ont été commis ce matin remettent en cause cette stratégie globale, seule capable de faire plier les patrons. En tout cas, il y en a qui perdent pas leur temps en paroles inutiles et qui se marrent. S'il vous plaît. Georges, c'est monsieur le directeur Vous pouvez pas me foutre un peu la paix, non Mais écoute, Georges, c'est vrai quoi, c'est le dirlo Et alors, qu'est-ce que tu veux que ça me foute Oui. Avant de raconter une histoire d'amour, faut penser à tout ça. Tu m'aimes Oui. J'aime tes yeux. J'aime ta bouche. J'aime tes genoux. J'aime ton cul. J'aime tes cheveux. J'aime tes mains. Alors tu m'aimes totalement Oui. Faut penser à tout ce qui se passe en France pour pouvoir raconter une histoire d'amour entre deux Français. Et toi J'aime ton franc. Et j'aime tes jambes. Et j'aime tes couilles, et j'aime tes épaules, et j'aime ta bouche. Tu m'aimes totalement, alors Oui, totalement. En fait, on s'aperçoit que tout ce qui se passe autour des gens joue un sacré rôle dans ce qui se passe à l'intérieur d'eux. Mais là, je suis bloqué. Oh, je disais pas ça méchamment. C'est pour ça qu'il faut bien réfléchir à ce qu'on est, et d'où on vient, et tous ces trucs-là. Mais il y en a qui sont payés pour vous empêcher de réfléchir. Aujourd'hui, en France, quelquefois, c'est dangereux de trop réfléchir. Pour tout le monde, c'est pareil. Aujourd'hui, en France, faut réfléchir mieux pour savoir comment sortir des emmerdements de chaque jour. Merde, c'est quand même chiant. Qu'est-ce qu'il y a Quelque chose qui ne va pas Non, tout va bien. Des fois, pour avoir moins d'emmerdements, il faut poser les questions autrement. Oui, c'est pas facile. 
Ce serait plus simple d'écouter la publicité et de baiser à tire larigot. Mais les grands événements politiques finissent par tout bousculer dans la vie de tous les jours. Et puis après, il y a eu mai et la Tchécoslovaquie par là-dessus, alors... Euh... Il arrive un moment où on ne peut plus faire les choses comme avant. Finalement, la colère monte à la même vitesse que les prix. dit, c'est un film d'amour, et un film d'amour réaliste même. J'avais peur que tu ne viennes pas. T'as raison d'avoir peur. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Tao va bien, aka Everything is Good, I think. One of many titles. From 1972, directed by Jean-Luc Godard and Jean-Pierre Gorin. Who? Exactly. A synopsis of the film from Letterboxd. Surprisingly, a movie without a tagline. Uh-huh. A strike at a French sausage factory contributes to the estrangement of a married filmmaker and his reporter wife. Sounds a little too good to be true, Jared. <sighs> indeed, indeed. Uh, is it a stretch to refer to him as a filmmaker? He seems like my sense I got uh... with him is he, he works in advertising. When we first see him, which kind of reminded me immediately of uh, Faces. Yeah, I um, I was a little bit uh, unsure the whole time out because I feel um, like it's intentionally vague a yes, little bit. Of course, yeah, but of course, but of course, yeah. So I I wasn't totally sure, is what I'll say. Mm-hmm. You know, RJ, I, I thought yeah. I thought we'd open up this episode from. By reading from the essay that accompanies this this movie. Oh wow! Do you own this film? I do not, but the essay is available on Criterion.com. Oh, nice! An essay nice. by Jay Hoberman, written in February fourteenth, two thousand five. Almost, almost the fourteenth as we record this. Mm. A couple days out. Well, Hoberman, though, that's good. Jay Hoberman, everyone loves him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. yes, it begins. The first fantastically inventive stage of Jean-Luc Godard's career ended with the flaming apocalypse of Weekend from 1967 and the events of May 1968, in which he participated both as a demonstrator and anonymous filmmaker. Over the next five years, he would strive to reinvent movies again, both on his own and with erstwhile student activist Jean-Pierre Gorin as the Mm. Ziga Vertov Group. His mantra... The problem is not to make political films, but to make films politically. A revolutionary mm. maker of documentaries, Vertov was involved or in, was invoked in opposition to both commercial Hollywood cinema and the Soviet fictions identified with Sergei Eisenstein. The Ziga Vertov group films, a movie like all the others from '68, British Sounds, and Pravada or Pravda from 1969, Wind from the East, Struggle in Italy, The Unfinished Until Victory, all from 1970, Vladimir and Rosa from 1971, were made on 16mm or for television or both. These films were openly tendentious in their more or less Maoist analysis of the political situation in various countries. Oh yeah, of course. Save for small groups of committed militants or uh, abstruse theoreticians. However, most audiences found the combination of uh, recondite 
ideological hectoring, and austere formal rigor, all but unwatchable. In early 1971, making an attempt to appeal to a wider audience, Godard and Gorin returned to a more populist and less sectarian political mode. We were in a kind mm. of ghetto, and we really wanted to go outside, Gorin explained a few years later. That was both a matter of strategy and economy. Yeah, of course it is. Yep. Tout Vabien's yep. announced purpose was to consider the class struggle in France four years on from 1968. And as the culmination of Godard's political period, the movie is highly reflexive. Indeed, Tout Vabien's autocritique begins almost before the movie itself. If you use stars, people will give you money. An off-screen voice opines amid a flurry of filmed check signing true thanks to the participation of jane fauna who plays an american radio journalist in france and yves montan as her filmmaker husband tout Vaubien was financed by gaumont for a time paramount was interested as well to drive home the point fonda and montan are introduced quoting lines from godard's previous star-driven commercial feature contempt a parody for which goran later took credit uh i was about to say the same thing to be honest I mean, yep. absolutely I, we were I mean, all thinking it right? we were all thinking we were like oh it's content i there is like i mean how can you even isn't that like the gadar trope though of a couple in apartment talking and arguing is, i mean i i feel like there are a few guitar tropes but yeah definitely couple in apartment talking and she has short to medium ha- uh length hair mm-hmm. is i think one of the trends as well Indeed, indeed. Um, mm-hmm. So what what do you know about Jane Fonda, RJ? She did a flyover of uh, Fort, uh, Fort Mac in Alberta when it was on fire, and she said, man, maybe you guys shouldn't be uh, pumping out oil, <laughs> which I feel like was, I think even if the sentiment was true, I feel like it was poor timing because there was people – who were uh, lost, a lot of people lost their houses and were uh, displaced and uh, not really doing well. And then she came over and yelled at them. And Well, this is, this is um, one of the, the, the things about celebrity and activism. Yes. And Jane Fonda, lovingly referred to by the, the American right and media as uh, Hanoi Fonda, or sorry, Hanoi Jane, mm-hmm. uh, Due to, are you aware of this, RJ? Or am I, should I tell you? I should talk about this on the podcast. I'm, I'm familiar. In so, the, the same year that this film was was released, um, a couple months later, Jane Fonda went to North Vietnam and was kind of like doing uh, a, video, a film project called "Fuck the Army" (FTA). Okay. Um, basically talking about the American propaganda machine and this this pointless war being waged by America. Obviously, she is a anti-war activist. And, sure. um, well, things are debated about how complicit she was in um, the famous photograph of her. Uh, was it t- taken with her with an anti-aircraft missile? And like basically North Korea, like sorry, North Vietnam took this photo and ran with it and became like this huge rallying cry for like the Nixon era of mm-hmm. that continues to this day in various forms. But like, yeah, it's like uh, Hanoi uh, Jane is like the thing that she has followed her for decades. 
her career died. She's like, in case people didn't know, she's the daughter of Henry Fonda. She was a model beforehand. Uh, was doing acting up to this point. But mm-hmm. a- after this, boy, oh boy, it killed her uh, career off for a while. And then she married Ted Turner, got divorced, as Ted Turner does. And uh, she's still around, giving uh, Oscars out to Parasite and doing flyovers. Oh, right. No. How many flyovers have you done recently? Uh, none. None. Have any of them been shot at? The ones that you were on? No. Okay. No. Okay. Do you, are you going to be a presenter at the Oscars next? Uh, this coming up? I'm waiting, I'm, I've been checking my email. Yeah. Well, we don't know if it's going to happen at all, right? I guess is the big thing. Is there actually debate about that? Uh, I don't know. I've never seen... No one's talking about it, so... So tell me more. Are you pro Jane Fonda? Did were you? Do you have the Thigh Master? I don't. I, I don't have her tapes. Okay. Her big exercise tape. I believe I may have a Thigh Master somewhere in my house. Oh wow! I could look at. It, I could look into it. Have you left a review on this front? Uh, where? Like on her page? Like, like on, on the Thigh Master site? I don't know. Amazon. Mm, I don't know if she can sell them on Amazon. I feel like it, she would want to sell them on her own website so she could have all mm-hmm. of the profits. Thigh Master. Okay, there's some unbranded Thigh Masters on Amazon for uh, as low as $16, Jarrett. My, my, my. My, my, my. How many do you want me to put you down for? Um, it will, I've got two thighs, so probably two. Two? Yeah. One for two each? Yeah. You know, no. I'll, I'll get back to you. Anyway, okay. RJ. So, yeah. uh, I had never seen this movie before. Good, good. And uh, so this was a fresh viewing for me. I saw that Godard name. I kind of know what to expect, mm. I think, mostly from Godard, particularly from this era, the, the uh, this post-68 uh, Godard, where his movies have broken down into... Uh, because you always talked about like, or the thing with the French New Wave was that this and his movies were like their essays in film form, and I feel like by this point oh. they they're they're very much falling into that more and more. Uh, Interesting meta textual engagements. RJ, is that a quote? That's me, baby. Oh, inter- that's a Duncan yeah, original. That, that's not that's not Jay Hoberman. That's 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 Jay Duncan. Pure Duncan. Wow, huge. Big, big. Huge. Continue. So, um, this movie opens up with a pretty nice little opening credit sequence, which I think a, sure. a lot of Godard sure movies actually have. Beautiful text, um, kind of a very self-aware sort of uh, process of telling you what the movie is, and mm-hmm. then it kind of shifts gears, and there's this montage of checks being signed, where you get the credits uh, yeah. for a second time. And you have a narration that starts coming over top of it of the movie being made, of how a movie was written and how you would make this movie and how the characters would interact, what kind of characters they would be. In what sense? Um, that you're watching a movie. It, it definitely is okay with you knowing that you're watching a movie. It doesn't, oh, okay. it doesn't want you to get too immersed at any given point. It always wants to remind you, be it jump cut, all the traditional uh, Godard tricks. Of the, mm-hmm. of, of the trade. 
Uh, so are you saying that they want to be want to be able to pull you out at any moment in case it gets a little too real? Yeah, they they don't they don't want you to start believing what you're seeing. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. They All want right. they want you, RJ, to know how the sausage is made. Is that a literal interpretation or metaphorical? Uh, can't it be all those things? Did you find it distracting how how bloody every person in the sausage factory was? <laughs> uh, like incredibly painted with red? Because I feel like there's not. I feel like some people would be blood free, but in this in this one, every person had an incredible amount of blood. Maybe that's how it is. I don't know. That's that's exploitation, Ben. We all okay. got blood on our hands, yeah. man. Oh. Interesting. You see what he did there? I do. Um, one of the first lines, it's like a, a scene from a Woody Allen movie with the young couple, <laughs> young couple, uh, walking around in a park, uh, talking about how they love one another's knees, asses, balls. What, what are you a pro uh, for? <laughs> I, I kind of uh, appreciate love for the, for balls on the screen in subtitle form. <clears throat> Okay. Interesting. I'll take that into mm-hmm. uh, consideration. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The one of the first big uh, iconic moments of this film, I think, is the uh, aforementioned on the show uh, a potato burning. Yeah, it. Uh, I found it striking. I said, "Hey, that's a lot of potatoes. <laughs> that's lots of big pile of potatoes that they're just that's lighting a lot up. Of potatoes. Yeah. yeah. Is is this?" Uh, I don't. There's this like fine weird line for me of like uh, if every movie I watch that that's French from this era reminds me a lot of Fahrenheit 451, the Truffaut movie. Oh, oh yeah, how come? I don't know. Just it, a it, 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 oh, yeah, they all feel like this. Even like in my mind, uh, our much loved Jubilee kind of has this like oh, yeah. this this grimy seventies like the decline of uh, Western Europe look to it. I, I and, think I know. And this has it a lot. Like, I think like the, one of the final shots of this movie is just like this back lot shot of like, you know, it's like a park somewhere that's just like all shitty and just dead grass in winter. Uh, you know, the, the most unattractive boulevard you've ever seen, which you would never sh- show, shoot in a movie. But of course I'm like, is this supposed to be like, this is what it's like behind this is what the real world looks like. It's like, yeah, I know. I I, I walk around the world too. You're God. like, we're here. Our our city's pretty shit g- 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 at, yeah. in certain streets. Yeah, so we it's know. like it's like my whole town looks like this. Yeah, right. This isn't news to me, bud. We yeah. we know where the world is. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll stick to my harmony, Corinne. Thank you very much. Oh dear. So uh, my next note here, RJ, because this yes. is this is a movie that. Does this have a plot? Um, is Godardian Sass. Uh, can you give me an example? The whole movie, I feel, is an example of it. No, I mean, can you give me an, a direct oh, example of what Godardian I, I, Sass looks like man. or sounds like? Uh, so it's like the the way the characters Good. the characters Good. the way the characters are introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, he, the the window the dollhouse view of the sausage factory mm-hmm. um the way that 
the characters are always near like the, the way the narrator talks over the action, completely diffusing mm-hmm. things. That's what I mean by the sack. What I'm not, I don't think it's necessarily sassy, but I think he may think it's sassy. Or, I think that's fine. Or that's fun. A, that's he might, a reasonable. He might think it's funny. Some people might think yeah. this movie's like absolutely fucking hilarious. I'm sure one guy does. Mm-hmm. One person might very well think that. Maybe there's a couple others too. So, yeah, both our characters work, our protagonists, they work in the media world, one in radio. And here I had noted advertising, but apparently he's a filmmaker. I guess that comes out during his monologue, I guess, because sometimes, so. sometimes you just got to take work where you can get it. Um, and you watch loops of it on screens, which is a very popular thing to show up in movies, it feels like. Like in Contempt, of people watching their... Uh, their dailies or watching their footage or reviewing things and making notes and taking phone calls and discussing it with their bosses. What would our dailies be? I think there are no dailies. I think it's just this show. Oh, which is somewhat daily. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, uh, Jane Fonda, she, she goes on, uh, she goes on the job to do some Mm -hmm. reporting on like, I guess, the sausage factory and and her uh, boyfriend uh, Eves he joins her and they are seized by the workers of the factory who have mm-hmm. launched into a strike a wildcat strike uh which they've also taken the manager owner of the factory hostage and kind of uh, trapped him in his office um there is some rousing strike action um, song here. I'm not sure if that's something about France or I don't know something about. The, I think it was something about the workers. Hey hey, ho ho, French movies must go, must go. <laughs> something like that. Something like that. It's essentially the same. Um, thing. Okay, so and then you get the big reveal of like yeah the the giant stage set of how the characters all interact, and there's not really a lot of. Um, play on that because it has no interest in it it's more kind of like hey wouldn't that look nice let's mm-hmm. do it that way and that's about it i i don't know i didn't i couldn't think of anything that it added beyond sass and cleverness uh yeah there's i mean i mean there's obvious things i guess of the yeah but mm, sure sure bud <laughs> uh we get some mon- we get a series of monologues uh-huh. We get the capitalist monologue. Yes. How great, which is basically how great you have it. You uh, get yeah. you get the shop steward monologue, which is yep. why what you want isn't possible and why it's yes. hard, but you should feel sympathetic to me because it's very difficult. Uh, you get the workers monologues, mm-hmm. um, which is why they, ergo you, are, should be fed up vis-a-vis yeah ergo saying it's like all's ever told us this it's like we don't care we don't care that the numbers don't add up it's like we want we want more whatever you ask for we want more of that too mm-hmm. quit telling us we want less or shouldn't have anything or should be thankful for what we have see it seems pretty self-explanatory to me i, yeah. I don't know maybe this maybe this uh smell guy's got some good ideas rj <laughs> I don't know, Jared. Maybe you should just be grateful that you even have movies to watch. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a sentiment that exists, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. uh, other sentiment exists? Mm. The, the act of going to the bathroom. Sometimes it's not uh, easy. Sometimes it's not just like out the out that door there and around the corner. Sometimes you got to go leave your office while you're being held hostage by a group of uh, irate workers from the factory, mm-hmm. and they're they're going to fuck with you. They're going to make it very difficult for you to go pee in decency. Where would you go if they were preventing me? Well, if you were in, in in such a bind, would you piss yourself? Is the question? Is that what you're asking me? No, 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 no. I, I mean, there's way... There's piss in way a corner more. in, like... Whoa. Corner, garbage can, window. I was pissing in the corner. Because, hey, when the strike ends, someone else is going to have to clean it up. Am I right, capitalists? Prob- yeah. Jared's trying to high-five the air. Yeah. Uh, probably the people that are holding you hostage would have to clean it up, no? Or no, they, they would be fired. Or they're, they're going to be smelling it. Yeah. I mean, you're going to smell it. We're all going to be smelling it. Or, or you can smash out a window and yeah. risk maybe cutting yourself because that window is not that high off the ground or it's like well, kind of high off the ground and maybe there might be like some danger there but just don't get too close i mean we all have consi- <sighs> considerable but, aim but glass is clear sometimes you don't even see it happening well i mean glass is clear but if anyone if anyone's working with a dangle downstairs you can like stand a foot back and you can have a good arch and then you'd maybe get what if dropped the, what if the, the what if the what if the breeze comes along and pushes it back towards you I mean, that's always... And now, and now you're wearing it. You're like, well, I might as well just pissed myself. That's always going to be an issue, but if, I feel if, like... What if you got a shit? Uh, that's a whole other kettle of fish. I mean, you could just find a nice piece of paper to go on it, ball it up, and throw it out to the protesters. Would, um, would you, RJ, as a consumer of sausage flesh... Sure. If you knew that a factory that you were buying your sausage from had gone on strike, would you be interested in their strike meat? Uh, well, does it I, I does feel, it become less appealing? I feel like the health and sanitation would be a little bit lax in those days because it'd be a lot of training of new people, and it'd be like you mm. mean scabs. Well, it'd be like you want you yeah. want you want you want scab meat. Well, not RJ, in, come not in on. that sense. Just in it's like they'd be they'd be learning, and then you know the floor managers would be like, well, it's like that's that's not totally where you got to do no. it. Garbage goes in the garbage can, but we'll we'll let this no. batch fly because we can't really waste any of it. Well, I mean, you know? so, uh, the one thing I, I was I'd gl- give it a breather. The one thing I was glad about, uh, unlike some of the things we've been seeing lately, is uh, there was nobody standing over the meat smoking or washing their face off like uh, we saw last week. That's wa- how I smoke wa- my wa- meat. I'm gonna wash my face off here over all this meat. Could've Wait, could've... when did we see that? Well, we saw it over uh, produce. Oh yes, yeah, over those turnips. The, you can the, wash the, those the, the, the You can, but you know, it's like you yeah. can wash your face elsewhere with that with that, that hose. It is a tra- it is a hose. Yeah, that's the traditional way of smoking meat, though. Like Montreal smoked meat, they just get. Uh, like teenagers to come smoke cigarettes next to the to the mm. meat. That's all it is. That's why it's got that peculiar taste. Yeah, that's that's what people are paying for. It's oh. authenticity. They they do it after hours, smoking it, smoking meats, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, boy, I have a note here. Oh yeah, there's a there's a a sexual harassment monologue, and uh, that's pro or anti. I would I would assume that its existence in the film would uh, make it anti. You don't assume things because you never know because it could have been a pro message. It's true. It's yeah, possible. I mean, if I, if, if Gina Carano was tweeting it out, it might have oh, been pro. Ooh, ooh, it's too fresh. 
<laughs> that we'll see how that one ages. Yeah. But uh, as of uh, February 10th, that is hot, hot off the presses. Indeed, Am I right, sure? indeed it is. Just like Larry yeah. Flint being dead. My God. Are you going to watch uh, some Woody Harrelson movies later in honor of uh, Larry Flint? <laughs> I watch Weed narrated by Woody Harrelson. Yeah, I'm not saying you got to watch Weed. The, the Flint movie, but uh, something with Woody Harrelson. You could watch True Detective again tonight. And I... You know that uh, another scene in this movie? Oh, yeah. Tao Vabien. Toot Vabien. Did you uh, did you mention what that means? It's like everything's good or something. Uh, yeah, like that? everything's good. It's great. All is great. Yeah, it's got a bunch of uh, matter. It's a matter of interpretation of translation. Oh. Uh, we got some. We have a scene where a man is painting a wall, and then he's painting a photo of, or a print, and he's like, "What not, are you doing?" It's like, "Let it be." Oh, sorry, I didn't mean not just one scene. He he paints several he, walls and paintings. It continues. Yeah, it begins, and you're like, oh, what is this all about? Is this some Mm -hmm. Yves Klein stuff going on? Is this this the right type of blue? Is this Yves blue? Is it perhaps a metaphor, Jarrett? (sighs) Is it? I don't know. That's above my pay grade. That's why I don't make those calls. It's uh, just like blue washing? I don't know. Blue-collar people? Taking over the establishment? Um. Yves Montad, he's a uh, he sh- he gets a monologue now. What's his about? Uh, he's like shooting from the hip. It's like is he is he talking in character? Is he talking as the actor? Is he talking as a as both a process? I don't know. You tell me. And uh, really, my only other big note here is uh, I want again another one of Godard's uh, tropes in his movies is uh, mm-hmm. the use of primary colors, which, which I, ones, I, <laughs> the three of which there are. What are the primary colors? Are blue, red, red, and yellow, yellow. yellow. Okay. okay. So, so uh, those pop up continuously throughout his movies. And I've gone like looking it up being like, what do people have to say about this? A general look. No one seems, mm-hmm. to, everyone's just like, Oh, he does it. Even Criterion's got one of those uh, three reasons, colors. And then someone else says, hey, look at that. He uses them. And I, th- I guess that's the one thing that makes his movies movies, even when they're situated in like a, his pseudo-realities. Because uh, okay. he, you, he makes his movies look like nothing that exists in reality. Like how coordinated it is, where there's like sort of this like banal, desaturated white or beige that permeates things. But then there's these shocking uses of red. It's like so well designed. Um, and it's something I, I don't know. I always love, I love it uh, in the movies, just as like screen grabbable, you know, images. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So other than that, so this movie, I felt pretty good about when it started. I was kind of like, okay. oh, this is this is interesting. Okay. And then as it went on, it just kind of existed. Existed. So the 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 strike ends and then the couple leaves. We get their breakup. We get flashback footage, I guess, to 1968. We have police 
getting beat up and then a gang of police beating guys up. And it's like reconciling May 68 stuff. And, uh, and then it kind of transitions to this like big final sequence of this camera going back and forth, uh, in Mm -hmm. a supermarket. What do they sell in the supermarket? I don't know. Oranges. Food. Foods. I don't know if you notice because I know you sometimes don't pay attention to this. But in no world are people buying this amount of oranges. If you watch this scene carefully, there are people who have bundles of oranges with each bundle up to 20 to 30 oranges. One man buys three bundles of of 20 to 30 oranges. Every cart has these oranges. Mm -hmm. There is an orange stand. No one can consume that many oranges, Jared. It is far too many. Is it was it funny though? Did you did, did you not feel the Godardian sass? It was distracting and it it <laughs> made it honestly it got me to a point where I was a little bit uh, upset. Yeah. The, did you start punching the drywall? Yes, by the sheer lack of forethought. It's like you don't think someone's going to notice that these oranges are here. I know you like the appearance of the oranges yes. and that's why they're there. Yeah. But it's a little suspicious. It's a little suspicious. Sure. You're not weaving a believable world. Well, when you, when you put red and yellow together, what do you get? Blue. Is that one of the primary colors? You get orange is. What is an orange? Exactly. What a, what a name that we made. Orange? That we have a color like that and a fruit. Isn't that crazy how the world works like that sometimes? <laughs> like, do you, do you, do you just think, by coincidence? Do you think that like the blue I see is the same blue that you see, RJ? Uh, you know what, Jared? It's not. It's a little bit different. But isn't it crazy how like we named oranges oranges, and we had the color orange, and it, they're just by chance the same orange or color or name? Mm-hmm. Jared. Yeah. Jared. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I I also uh, watched a half hour of Letter to Jane, an investigation about Estelle. How'd that go? Uh, that was like the last collaboration between Jean Luc Godard and Jean Pierre uh, Gorin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in English, interestingly enough, and of Godard and Gorin, okay. I think talking over a the, a photo of Jane Fonda in North Vietnam. Um, it She's is not there. No, it's a letter to her. Why would she be there? Oh, I mean, I, I thought she would have just because it's, it's about, I thought she was in this movie. I Whatever. Okay. Continue. Yeah. And it is, um, I don't know. I guess this was double billed with uh, Tao Va Bien. So, so people would go to watch both of these together. And spend mm-hmm. uh, two and a half hours of their life with this work, and to contemplate and to reflect on these things. Um, have you ever done any contemplation? No, God, God, no, no. You ever done any thinking of any kind? Thinking, yeah. So, what what do I think, RJ? You asked. What do I think about Tal Bien? No, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. 
No, I, I have an idea. I, I feel like I might know where this is going, but you <laughs> let me know. Yeah, uh, this is, uh, yeah, by the end of it, and it's been two days since I've seen this movie. I am, like, completely, like, what happened in this movie again? Where are my, where are my notes? Did this leave me in anything? I liked uh, Jane Fonda's great hair in this. I think it looks pretty good. Uh, she's uh, quite a, a, stri- a striking uh, figure photographically like there's these shots for her mullet yeah <laughs> for yeah it's a uh, mullet it's no oh, yeah. uh it's no gall ducat like skull it but no but it's uh i mean it's a business in front party mm-hmm. in the back that's a textbook mm-hmm. mullet no no it's kind of a got a little bit of that you know precursor to what joan jett would be doing later on yeah but i agree so yeah, I mean, there's no characters in this. This is uh, absolutely Godard doing his, his this era of his filmmaking. This like very weighted down by politics, figuring out politics, and you get to watch it, and uh, I guess come to your own thoughts or conclusions. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's kind of an inert thing. I don't know what some it's going to hit people completely differently different ways depending on what you want to come to watching this sort of thing with okay usually when we're watching criterion films that they're in the realm of narrative and you kind of watch it those ways podcasting is usually brought about that way uh is, are we going to talk about this in a as a critical uh analysis of this no no i mean you can if you want yeah I tell you that seems to be more of the realm of writing or writing one of those like really like I don't know 25 45 minute long think pieces of a man who talks like this talking about what Godard does with the film and you have stills of it hmm. and it's like kind of musings we we need more we we, we definitely need more of those but there isn't okay. one for, there isn't one for this one sadly enough well maybe you could be the first so yeah i i don't know i went in i, I felt pretty strongly about this and like the first half hour and I was kind of like, this is really good. Mm-hmm. And then hard stop of like, huh, it's just kind of doesn't go anywhere. Tell me more. That's about it. Okay. RJ. And are you just done? Yeah. Like this movie. Finn. Eat. So you're, from what I gather, you're a bit of a mixed bag. Like you, you like some parts of it, but then I, it's just yeah. Also, other parts are just whatever. It, it, it kind of just went off into the ether for me. Okay, interesting. You want me to break it down for you? Yeah, please do. I think am I the resident Godard expert on this podcast? Well, Frank Solano didn't join us this week, so I guess so. Okay, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to wear this crown or bear this cross, but uh, I'll be the one to do it. I don't think Godard's very good. <laughs> uh, I, I did not like this movie, Jarrett. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. No, no, thank you. I, 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 I had my suspicions. Uh huh. <laughs> but okay, like, so, cause like, yeah, like this is, a, I don't know. Yeah. No, I was going to say credit where it's due. The intro. Yes. Very nice. The dollhouse Wes Anderson, thing. And I know Godard is, is a big Wes Anderson fan. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that's where he got that. But uh, the pan of uh, all the levels and things, very nice. 
the grocery store panning scenes. At the very end. Even, yeah, at the very end. Uh, other than the oranges, it's like, yes, that's a it's a nice kind of little like pan back and forth scene. Um, the messages and the commentaries that they're saying, it's like, I can see. Like, uh, I like the diversity of some of the characters. I see what they're commenting on. Mm-hmm. I see the value in that. Sure. But for the majority of this thing, I was kind of just like, I don't really, I don't really know why this is needs to exist. This could have been an email. This whole movie. Do you know what I mean, Jared? A tweet. Yeah, this could have been a tweet or something like that. Like, <laughs> and I don't not to be like not to like holy shit on it. It's like I said, there there's some good stuff. Like kind of like with you, where I was like the start, I was like. It's got some good potential, but I feel like this movie really goes off the rails and like like a tweet thread, like a tweet thread, but uh, without any direction. It's just going. It's going right. It's going left. It's going up. It's going down, Jarrett. It's That's going inten- inside out, which is all intentional. I, I'm aware. I'm yeah. aware. Oh, yeah, I, I'm not even yeah. disagreeing. I'm just. Yeah, I, I do think there. it's intentional, but I don't like it because yep. I feel like it's. um. Like not even hard to follow or anything like that. It's just I was like, it's there's nothing can I didn't find that there was like a, a consistent I could that like leveled it through the whole way. And I think that it was supposed to be the factory strike was the consistent through line between all these things. But uh, I didn't think it actually brought all those things back together. You also have some of the laziest extras I've ever seen in the uh, the SWAT officers uh, and the way that they run and try to hit people. It's mm-hmm. very eh. – <laughs> and it's like, I, it's like I don't want you to actually like hit those people, but it's like, you know, put a little gusto in that. Make it actually, you know, acting John Lovett style is what I would have preferred there. Uh, I, I had one note where I put excuse me, and I don't I don't remember why. <laughs> I don't know what I was commenting on at that point, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. When this movie was done, I was like, I was like, so this is it, huh? This is where, uh, we hit that breaking point. We just go right down the shit, but I don't know. It's not, it's not even that bad or anything like that. I just, uh, there's some good stuff in here. I see why I do see why people like it, but there's also, a lot of stuff in here that I, I was kind of like, I don't, I'm not on board with this, like at all. This is doing nothing to make me want to watch this movie. And it's like, I know some movies are designed that way, but at the same time, I was just like, I'm, I'm not on board with this. And I feel like Godard at, at the moment, this moment in time is maybe batting 500 with me where it's like, could go either way. 50, 50. I might like it. I might not, but this one is definitely in the, the not pile. This is this is in the L pile, the L yeah. column. This would be in your uh, out the door bucket, uh, I think, uh, which you have um, not like for your movies <laughs> my, that are out the bin, door. The bin, <laughs> yeah, the bin, and uh, I don't know. I feel like Adar's getting a pass in a Criterion, and it's like, is it warranted? Yeah. Probably, probably, uh, but uh, yeah. I mean, this is the again when you start going down this road of like making film politically. Yeah. Uh, this is what it kind of looks like, and, whoo. And, and I mean, like, 
I, I like political films too. Well, but, just, but this, see, I that's just don't a, think this, this is, comes this together. This is not a political film, though. This is it's it's a it's politically film. <laughs> like I don't know. That's that's why yeah. we feel the way we do because it's not. It is acting against all those things that we basically. This has been this type of narrative has been denied us. We have no way of watching these types of movies uh, because it doesn't work the way that we digest movies. And so when you when you come across it, it's kind of a rough time to get rough through. cabbage. Rough cabbage, but, you know. Sometimes it's necessary, but maybe it's necessary, and because because be. otherwise you're going to have a backed up colon and uh, impacted colon where there's like fifty pounds of uh, of uh, of Back to the Future and Sister Act Two. Of course, sometimes, of course. Sometimes you need a little bit of that fiber, yeah. Godardian fiber. To go along with that Godardian sass. And it helped flush, flush it out. Make you think, you know, I'm going to put on some of that structuralist short film. Ugh. Juke my numbers. <laughs> well, I'm sure that's the case for many things. And it's like, I know I know where the place for these things is. And... <laughs> what, in the bin? <laughs> yeah. No, like, I, I know why these... Made, made by these... an angry worker. Yeah, in the in the sausage bin, the meat that's uh, can't be put into the bags. I know I know where these shows exist in the world <laughs> and why people enjoy them. The shows, the shows, and I know that the Godard stands are gonna be out in droves on this one. It's just like, uh, will they? It's like I don't know, man. Uh, I maybe maybe they will. Maybe they. There's won't, no Anna Karina in this. Oh, so it's probably yeah, fair. It's not game. black. Yeah, it's not black and white. Um, oh yeah. They don't care. I mostly just, when I was watching this, I mostly just thought to myself, "Who gives a shit?" Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Fair, yeah. I mean, I uh, definitely think. I mean, and this is him making a, uh, a populist film. One is like it'll get him because sure. it's got Jane Fonda in it. She's a star. Use Montana. I mean, everyone. I mean, RJ, yeah. you're the biggest use Montana fan of them all. I'm. I mean, if not one of, probably the biggest. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened. It should have been a slam dunk. just wasn't. Should have been. Should have been a slam dunk. Oh, well. You want to hear from some folks that uh, hate this movie, like you, RJ? More than me? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. You ready for me? Yeah, I got it. Big boy. I got you, brah. Brah. Uh, Eric... Or Auk. What, what it, which one is it? I don't know. Okay. Half a star. L-M-F-A-A-O. Uh, is that all he said? This is your brain on Mao. Yeah, there's a lot of mousy tongue talk in here, which is like, I think fine. Everyone's got right? their, little, their little red book. Everyone's got a little red book. Other than this person, yeah. I mean, I, I don't I don't hate this. Their favorite films include Alien, Total Recall, <laughs> something called something called Writing Wrongs from '86, and another film called Hoopla from 1933. My taste in movies is all over the place. I love horror, sci-fi, old Hollywood, trash, high art, and everything in between. Ugh, I felt it coming. Some other five-star films include Die Hard, The Godfather, Ginger Snaps, <laughs> and 
<laughs> run while we run. Because uh-huh. right. why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. Matthew Roberts. Matthew Broderick? Half a star. Oh, okay. I just rolled my eyes so hard they fell out of my head and I had an aneurysm and fucking died. <laughs> uh. I mean, is that fair? I don't know. I, I don't know how they managed to type up that message, but uh... well, they—they're a 22-year-old gender-fluid idiot, foolishly devoted to movies and music, I love, prone I, to hyperbole. I always love the uh, mock uh, kind of oh, bio. I'm just an idiot. I'm just like into this, but I'm saying it. I'm just a real goof. One of my mm. favorite films is Back to the Future. I'm a real goof. Yeah. One of their favorite films is Back to the Future. Hey, see? But they also gave five stars to Inland Empire, which neither of us would ever do. No. So I'm in the clear on no. that one. I think. Uh, well, I feel like Inland Empire is really the, the, the Tauve Bien of David Lynch's filmography. Yeah, It's the real, I think it's we're between boys and men, right? You can really tell where someone sits on that one. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's not even true because most people like that movie. I feel like it's you and me are the only ones who don't. <laughs> But I don't know. They they five starred a lot of Cassavetti's films, so that's interesting. They only half starred the Angry Birds film though. So like, what are you gonna do there? Half starred a Joker, the Incel fanfic. Everybody, like, what are you what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Finally, uh, famed poet Robert Frost. <laughs> half oh. a, half a star. So bad. <laughs> wow. He's got a way with words. Well, apparently, so Robert Frost, the poet, you know, uh, two, two Woods Diverge in a Road, their bio, I review every film I see in two words. So they have... It's like, it's uh, like two roads, but two, two words. Roads. And uh, I think they're just a Jake Gyllenhaal fan because favorite films include Donnie Darko, Zodiac, Prisoners, and then Magnolia, which is not a Jake Gyllenhaal film, but... Uh, it's just that good. Just that good. They only have four half star films Tut Vabian, Upstream Color, Bright, the Max Landis <sighs> Star Wars film, yeah. which could have the potential to be the next Star Wars if you listen to Max Landis, mm-hmm. uh, and The Greatest Showman, the Hugh Jackman musical <laughs> film. What? <laughs> what a diverse pool of half star movies. Let's go to some five star films. We got Roma. We got Knives Out. Uh-huh. We got Watchmen. Uh-huh. Uh, we got T2, Judgment Day, Jarrett. Uh-oh, here we go. Five stars, call me by your name. Unbelievable. Five stars to Jurassic World. Five stars to Baby Driver. Oh, my goodness. Just in- inexplicable ratings. Mm-hmm. Oh, all over the place. Wait, this guy's full of shit. Right on his page, he has reviews that are full, full like sentences and stuff. He doesn't just review two with two words. Robert Frost, I'm calling you out. You're full of shit, buddy. Way full of shit. I always knew it. Fuck. I've been saying it all along since grade eight. That Robert Frost in in language arts or something. Mrs. Teacher, Robert Frost is full of shit. That was your voice in grade mm-hmm. eight, right? Teacher. Interesting. Anyways. 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 So, uh, I guess our conclusion is everything is not good. Uh, I mean, not in my camp, but like, 
if you like this movie, that's cool. I don't. I'm yeah. not gonna be mad at you. That's fine. <laughs> You're gonna get mad. Yeah, we'll save that for YouTube people. Is it, yeah. Well, what do you think they're gonna say? I don't know. That I don't understand French New Wave. Oh yeah, we're dumb. We're incapable yeah, sure. of understanding the movie and be like, yeah, that's right. I'm too stupid. Jared, the sausage is a metaphor. Well, recently someone commented on our Lower Depths review. Renoir was right. Kurosawa's Lower Depths is a great film. Sorry you two miss it. Thanks anyway. That's not that bad. That's like... Mm. I mean, it's a little passive-aggressive. Yeah. Just like as someone that would quote Jean Renoir, who is terrible, and uh, Kurosawa's Lower Depths is bad. So... Um, it all adds up. Well, you got some good Renoir coming your way soon, mm-hmm. I think. So, real good Renoir. Oi, oi, do we? I didn't even do a French accent this episode. Barry, oh, baguette, bug. How do you do that thing? Like that? Ugh, don't put, don't put your finger in your mouth, RJ. That's what the French do. What? I'm clean. I've washed my hands. I'm in my house. You know how clean my house is. Very hygienic. Very hygienic. (laughs) Any final thoughts? Uh, Not for me. Okay. After the break, we're going to have a ride in the mall supermarket thing. And then we're going to break up or whatever. Who cares? Buy some oranges. Yeah. Too many oranges. Workers of the world unite. Which kind? The good kind. French? Had a baby named Jane, she could shake that thing Said her daddy used to hang with Johnny Coltrane She sang on Soul Train with a friend named Jen Her booty was bigger than a Mercedes Benz Jen was a hurdy-gurdy, dirty little girly I heard it from a birdie, she could cook a mean turkey with gravy Baby, 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 baby was Jen's best friend And maybe, if you were lucky, licky, licky, sucky, sucky Mickey, Mickey, fuck me, fuck me more junk in the trunk than a Honda I know you wanna do the Jane Fonda One, two, three, four Get your booty on the dance floor Work it out Shake it little mama Let me see you do the Jane Fonda RJ Yes Um If you could If you, if you, if you could have like a A revolution What kind of revolution would you have? I would, uh, the people for the redistribution of uh, manga and anime, for the people, from the people. I'd want uh, Blue Eyes, White Dragon for everyone. I mean, that's a pretty good card, but I feel like against the Charizard card, I don't think the Blue Eyes, White Dragon would hold up. Did you have all five pieces of the Zodiac? Uh, I am the Zodiac? Are you going to the sneak peek this weekend? Of, of that one? It's COVID. Ooh. You can email us at criterioncruise at gmail.com and tell us about your plans for the Yu Gi Oh! tournament. 
We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We're on Patreon. We're on YouTube. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Blah, blah, blah. You could email us and let us know if you want us to continue doing that that voice and that uh, bit. All, all the time. All day long. If you want more Yu-Gi-Oh! kids, you let us know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, we can start fighting, too. We could. Calling, we our, could. Par- calling our parents. I got, I got, and, and, and these are 20 year olds. Same with us, right? right? Jarrett's not 80. I promise. Buying 276 next week, RJ. Is that good? <laughs> Fuck you, John Renoir. No, 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 no. Oh, no. baby. The River from 1951. Not the radio station. Uh, I was going to say, is it the station or is it based on that Robert Downey Jr. song, The River? Have you ever heard that one? I have not. I got to tell you, remind me to tell you about this uh, next week. <laughs> it's a, uh, oh boy, okay. Oh boy. Oh boy. How long do you think this fucking thing is? This episode? This movie. You gotta watch. I hope less than two hours. Ooh, 99 minutes, thank fuck. Okay. I wouldn't have watched it if it was any longer. I would have just stopped at 99. I would have got the gist of it. It's described as a fairly faithful dramatization of a novel. Aren't they all, though? Boy, like, oh boy. Aren't they all, hypothetically? It's on the Ganges. With the river? Yeah. Oh. Not the person? <laughs> like the movie, The River. I know what you're doing, and I don't like it. All right. Good night. No.